season three, episode four, Glenn Howard. Oh my God, Sean, thank you. Uh, me and Glenn go back to Romford. Jesus, circa nineteen seventy-eight or something. I don't know. Bloody long time, anyway. We're both greybeards now. Well, Glenn might die, he's, but we're both. Uh, we're both middle-aged, distinguished men now, and um, our, our stories intertwine all the way back, as I say, to uh, to short shorts and and uh, pre pre digital age, which which for me obviously was a wonderful thing. The interview now was uh, I can't even remember a couple of years ago, like the others. It's taken such a long time to get to this stage. Um, I'm, I'm not going to bore you with the story of that because this one's Glenn's intro. Um, he and I, I, I think listening back to the, I've, I think I've probably listened to his interview three or four times since it was done. And the last time was to get the timestamps for the, for the music choices. Um, I just love listening back to this clearly. Uh, I do wonder if, if it's a bit in house sometimes like you, he and I, obviously when you've got, when you've got most of your life shared with somebody and you talk inevitably, there's shortcuts and um, there's sort of, touchstones for familiar events and people there's a shorthand way of communicating and so i hope it's not too too sort of uh inaccessible for for other people i hope it isn't but i mean i was gonna say i don't care if it is i do care but you know it is what it is oh sorry that's such a cliche but um what i'm saying is i i think it's just a wonderful conversation between two old mates i, I get all sorts of feedback about about these interviews um people say that they find them very relaxing and uh i'm sure that that's a that's another way of saying uh they, they put us to sleep but that's okay whatever whatever it is however you listen to this whether it's on long drives or or um or, or at work you know i hope there's some people in uh in iceland and japan stocking supermarket shelves listening to this you know um I, i'd love i love for people that I don't know to find this and I should probably check the metrics a bit more often um but I know Scotty's my my wonderful web designer slash hoster slash technological genius uh occasionally I remember to ask him about how many people are listening to this and I know it's thousands broadly I don't and, and there's some all around the world different places Russia I think was another one so hello to those of you in Russia as well listen to this hope things are warming up for the summer over there and um yeah me uh, back to glenn uh he does a look a little bit like a cross between a young mick jagger and, and uh, brad pitt so i want all all of you to hold that image of him sounds a little bit like russell brand i want you to hold that image in your head as you listen to this conversation enjoy take you back Volkswagen Diesel so have you got <laughs> actually I was thinking I was thinking about this I said what can I say to him I was going to ask you a question about cars and I thought I know we'll play a game it's like a quiz how, how many cars can you name from our circle of friends as their first car when we were 17 18 years old Go. Good question. It's uh, including your own. Obviously, you're allowed to. 
uh, starting off with a quiz. Um, well, <coughs> I suppose I should start off with my one, yes. which was the Volkswagen Beetle 1971. 71. Um, VW 1300. <laughs> British Racing Green. <laughs> That's... All right, I'll, I'll give you that, but it seems, it seems like an exaggeration to call it British Racing Green, but okay. I know, it does. You shouldn't be allowed to, but for some reason <laughs> it appeared in this colour. It was, it was. And it had, um, I think it had slightly different wheels as well. Like yeah. Not a yeah. really big set of, of mags or anything, but it was, it wasn't, I don't think it was the original um, V-Dub wheels. But no. Some black on the... On, on the on the mags, like black and silver. It on the did, wheels. yeah, yeah. Maybe You're not, right. Maybe a little. Just as soon as I say three fingers. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A little bit um, of um, of the black. Black wheels. I remember very well driving that car when when I was the nominated driver, and you would drive there <laughs> and, and I'd drive it home. Well, you'd remember the steering wheel as well then, because yes. that was a bit a bit of a sporty. It was a, it was a racing steering wheel. Yeah. It wasn't the original big, like sort of no, thin. The bus, bus driver. It was the steering wheel. Was yeah a sporty car for a very a sporty, a sporty wheel for a very sporty car <laughs> when you were going downhill. So that was that's number one. Oh, I mean, just, I remember the heater in the front as well. Bloody heater. Not well, I remember the fumes. That's, That's right. what I remember. I remember yeah. the fumes coming into the car. Into the car, yeah. Um, which gave you quite <laughs> an interesting feeling. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of the second car. I mean, there's somebody. There's somebody who had this. He was a bit of a crazy driver as well. He was always always, always racing, always racing around. It was this. Kempy. It was blue. It was a blue car. It was sort of like a more of a sort of royal blue than a than a navy blue is this little mini and it was just it was just it was just a buzzing around it was mm. everywhere you think you, <laughs> you think everywhere. you dropped him yeah so i'd be going along the a127 yeah flooring the v-dub yeah and then doing this, 44 44 this, this little like a little flyer which is <laughs> just a cheer and just come hooning past me All right, so that's little. two we've got my beautiful mini harry yeah so we've got did you name your Volkswagen. Well, did it have a nickname? No. I don't think it needed one. No. No. Right, so that's two. Um, not, not now, there was, really another, well so there was another guy who used to, um, he was quite a crazy driver as well. Um, and he also got, got run over um, <laughs> in front of the, the school uh, bus stop. He was being chased by somebody and um, yeah. ran into the road and, and, and headbutted a car. And um, <laughs> amazingly, we got taken to hospital, but amazingly, it was fine. I've forgotten that. Yeah, yeah, Ian Meadows. And that was that, that must, no, it must have been when I was there. I'd for, I don't know, I can't remember the age. But um, you're not getting points for the, the story of the injury, you, you have to name the car. I, I have a feeling the car was, um, uh, it might have been a Mini Metro, Mini oh, Metro. Yeah, maybe Mini Was this one of our oh, friends' an, cars? An Austin, an Austin, yeah, Meadows, yeah. Oh, Meadows' yeah. car. Yeah. Mm. And run over Gav? And just... No, who did no, he hit? No, 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 he, he himself got run over. By his own car? By No, by another car. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> just some random Where does driver. the Mini Metro come into it? Because it just made me think about when he got <laughs> run over. 
because he was a bit crazy. <laughs> Lovely guy. Um, okay. And then we had all of the Ford Escorts. But you're not like, you're any points for saying all of the Ford Escorts. You have to name names um, with car. Extra points for colour. Stuart Masters. He had a Mark... Mark One. One. Escort. Yeah. Um, John Batty, I believe. Batty he, had he his had, dad's... He had one as well. Sierra, didn't he? He had his old man's bloody Cosworth or something. Yeah, I think he did have a... He did have a Cosworth. Mm. Yeah, he was into the... Luckily, he could um, have a choice, I think, maybe. Mm. He had a few Fords. His old man worked for Fords. Um... <clears throat> Apart from that, I'm wondering who else. Come on, who son. else we had? Spav. Um, oh, well, of course. I mean, we had the Cav, didn't we? The Cavalier. Gav's Cav, which uh, doubled up as the as the taxi many times. I think yeah. some people even travelled in the boot. <laughs> from what? <laughs> Definitely. Wouldn't that have been funny? Being pulled over. Definitely. Yeah. You carrying any passengers? Just one or two in the boot. Um, what colour oh, was that? It was blue. I think blue, that blue one. Yeah, and and Tots. You remember it wasn't really his car, but it was it was Tim's. Well, Tots, that Tots car always made me laugh because it was it was a rusty sort of orange oh. colour. I think it was the the Audi. You're talking about an Audi, yeah, an Audi hundred. I thought it was was it rusty orange? Yeah, it sort of just it was an Audi. It was just so. So tot. So just, tot. It's just the, the colouring, it was just suited him perfectly. Was it really? Did that? I, th- I think okay. it was, yeah. It's right. like a burnt, like rusty, okay. orangey colour. Like a burnt sage. I don't even know what sage is. Good, lovely, tasty herb. <laughs> and uh, all right, so that's what we're giving you five there, I think. You don't get for all the escorts, you get sort of five. And um, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure I remember Meadows driving a, a mini metro, but all right, I'll take your word for it. Fanning had a Micra, oh, a, a, a Nissan, Nissan Micra. That's true. Good one. Had yep. that one. We when I um six. We got we got hit by a um um a garbage truck. I remember that. Cut the corner. Went in the Micra. Took out the the front wing of the the <laughs> Micra. It was devastated. <laughs> I thought it was quite ironic. Like got hit by a garbage truck. But, yeah. yeah. Um, it was the it days was, before airbags was, as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We were okay, fortunately. Good Lord. Okay, um, six or possibly seven. Trying to go through to people. Kempy had no. a. Didn't he have a little sports car of some sort? A little. Didn't he have a two seater that he flipped over in um, in that road that ran parallel to St Mary's Lane? Wasn't that him? Um, like a Spitfire yeah, or vaguely, something, or yes. a, something like that. Yeah, I think you. I think I think you think he did. Red one? Red one. I think it may have been a red one. In hindsight, a very cool car, but it didn't seem like it at the time. I think it was just unreliable, so yeah. I, I, that's why I'm not remembering it that much because it didn't probably, see it much. Probably getting fixed. Um, Who had the 2CV? Do you remember that? Was there a 2CV? Mm. It was one of the... It was one of, um, you know... Radford and Rest His Soul and, and uh, Jubs Laster and Tot's Friends, I think. Because we, um, we picked it up and put it in the sandpit one time. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. <laughs> we picked it up. Yeah. We picked up the car. Yeah, oh, about eight of us, I think. And we put it in the sandpit. Yeah, in the long jump sandpit. Was it a yellow? If you have a 2CV, oh, it's got to be yellow. It's got to be snotty yellow. Yeah, it has to be. That's the only colour. I actually can't remember the bloke's name now, but there was a. T- so that doesn't get me any points as well. I'm va- I think I know. I think I know whose car you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, go on. It wasn't in our year. Oh. Is it, was it Chris? 
was it Chris Cooper maybe? Was it somebody in another there year? There was. The year have, above um, had one as well. There was more than one. Right. There was one in our year as well. Okay. And what, I bet I can get you this one. Um, oh, damn, it slipped. I can't remember his name. Blonde hair, good at maths. One of the nerdy cats. Lovely bloke. Very quiet. He's, you know, very softly spoken. Um, oh, boy. What's his name now? What's his face? What class was he in? He was in my form room with um, Mr. With Georgina. This is a great interview, by the way. Everyone's loving this. Um... Oh God! Um, he, he, with Georgina Brandon and me, when I joined, and we were right next to the assembly hall, just across there. And I think he taught geography, so you might know him. My form teacher, James, something James. Blonde hair, and he had a white. I think it was either a, a maxi or an Allegro. I think it may have been a maxi. An Austin, 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 like probably the worst car ever made, apart mm. from a Trabant, and that was made of paper. <laughs> I think the two CV was made from paper, basically as well, papier mâché. It wasn't James. Um, we'll come back. You know him for sure because I think actually you were you you might have even been in a form earlier. I think you were sort of pals with him a little bit. He didn't do sports and that. He was a really nice guy, but very quietly spoken. One of those kind of mm. very brainy kids that didn't play rugby mm. all right and here's yeah, a, before we around. before we i think that i think that we we get equal points on that these points each and um point. sorry we'll come to your french <laughs> odyssey later here's the re, here's the kicker though and i asked brod the same question any three you've got your garage you know climate controlled any three cars money no object now this point in your life? Well, I think the first one, I haven't thought about this at Clearly. all because it wasn't on the pro forma, but <laughs> I'll just have to ad lib this one. Um, Sorry, golf script. I mean, I do I do have a very soft spot for one of the all-time classic yeah. German cars. So I would have to say it will be a, a, a Porsche 911. Yes, of course. Um, and I'd have to, I'd have to have two. Two and nine eleven. Mm, I would have to have two, and oh, the, the reason one. for the yeah, Sweet. because the old ones I I see them around still, yeah. and I just you know there's one in the car park near, you know, just near shopping centre up the road. There must be a I don't know who drives it, but it's uh, I think it's a nineteen sixty nine nine eleven. Just look perfect Beautiful. condition. Um, it, something like that would be great. You still miss yours? So late sixties. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. God. I had really, uh, it was great to drive. Yeah. Um, it was like having a, yeah, another child. Yeah. Looking after it. Although it was, ironically, um, you can't fit your children in it. No, no. Not a practical family car. No. But, Is that um, why you got rid of it? Um, I got rid of it because it was... Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even practical for a 30-something no? without any children. Why? Um, well, because you needed to um, you needed to park, you needed to garage it. Oh. And we didn't have a garage. Yep. And uh, to yep. qualify for um, this, like, collector's car yeah. insurance, then you have to look after it in certain ways. And and it was more often in the, in the mechanics. And um, 
and it wasn't long after I you know, there aren't that many Porsche mechanic or 911 old 911 mechanics in in Sydney so I found mm. this guy and uh, I used to take my car there quite often and every time I'd walk away and the bill was in thousands oh like, really this isn't really what I signed up to yeah and um and then sort of getting to know a few people who had you know the old 911s and they were all in clubs and they used to go and drive them at weekends mm. which I wasn't really into yeah um, and they said, "Oh yeah, you're. Um, do you know? Do you know the nickname of your mechanic? No, tell <laughs> me, um, Nick the Butcher." <laughs> oh no! And I said, oh no! Oh right, okay. That explains um, it. Not quite the. Con- you're not giving me much confidence here with this mechanic. Oh no! Um, so I sort of decided to, you know, look for another mechanic. Yeah. And, and I just thought, look, this is just too hard. Mm. So. Um, and it was quite funny, like a, a, you know, one of the things that went wrong in the car quite regularly was just things you couldn't predict. So I, we took it out for a long drive. Actually, we drove about six hours um, inland, New South Wales, mm. me and George. And um, I think it was at a time when petrol prices were stupidly high. Mm. Um, so like in Australia, it was over $1 a litre <laughs> and everyone was going crazy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And um, so I'm filling up the the car at this um rural um petrol station and then you know, this, there's another car pulls up to the next pump as i'm pouring the petrol in as quick as it's going in oh, no. it's equally coming out because oh, there's there's, no. a, there's a hole somewhere i mean it wasn't all gushing oh, no. out but it was coming out enough to leave a big uh, puddle on the ground oh, and uh, so good. And I just got a really evil stare from the person next to me, just thinking, first of all, making a, a judgment about the the car and the owner. Really? And then yeah, I'm just, just wasting petrol because I'm... Oh. And it's so expensive. Evil stare from... Oh my yeah, God, yeah, judged. Judged in that moment from somebody in a oh white Toyota Corolla. Yeah, good on them. Yeah, okay. Which I run down driving at the moment. Yeah, that, well, yeah but let's be clear, that's a high car, though. Um, all right, and I think you made the money back you paid for it though, right? When you when you sold it, you got the same cash back, didn't you? I sold it to um, a German, oh. a German guy, um, who was. It was quite a, a tough negotiation, but I, I did okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right, so that's that's car one, but obviously you've got this. You've got a, your prime private mechanic who's a legend. So your your, your old nine eleven is never going to let you down. You've got which which new nine eleven do you go for? Because there's about fifteen of them, isn't there? It's a, it's a hard one because mm. they are there are so many. I think I think I'd probably just keep it simple and just go yeah. for a, a Carrera yeah. 4S or, classic. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the, the turbo, not really interested. Too All much. those widow makers, don't they? They're they're uh, feisty propositions. Mm. What about the you? Didn't, you wouldn't go <laughs> with a nod to your two children. You wouldn't go to uh, go for a Panamera or something. You'd still stick with a 911. Well, I thought the question was, what car would I want? Yes, not what, what, <laughs> Sorry, what, yeah. What would well, my family yeah, want? No, no, no true, true. I, I don't know why I mentioned that. Okay, so that's two. And then the third? The third one, I mean, oh, this is, now this, this is the difficult, this is the difficult one. I mean, I've got a, <clears throat> I've got a love of old cars mm. and new cars as well. I mean, Aston Martin would be, mm. would be uh, a go-to out of the luxury the luxury brands, I think, but I'd also probably reflect a bit, just look, look at some older cars. I mean, uh, for our wedding, I wanted to to mm. get the um, uh, the old Citroens. Oh, know, the, yeah, the, I know what you mean. Is it the 
um, the DS, the DS, 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 or something. I was really keen to to have those as the wedding cars, completely impractical and with the air suspension. To find in the end, but they've got so many quirky features. I mean, yeah. Yeah, typically couldn't have been built anywhere else or designed anywhere else other than France. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just to me that 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 was French culture in that car yeah. right there. So I think that that that'd be a that'd be a contender. A combi yeah. bus. I mean, a, a oh, combi really? van. I mean, I've always wanted to continue the VW theme. Um, this is uh, that's four now, mate. A combi. I know. So I'm just. I'm just. Oh, you're, um, you're workshopping. I'm just trying to brainstorm <laughs> here by myself and can narrow it down. I'll probably. I'll probably go for something completely different like that. I'll, mm. I'll probably go for the Citroen DS just because of the French connection. Yeah, and you can at least fit your children in the back of that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be happy there's one I'm trying I'm sitting here trying to remember there was one like there was the standard DS and then there was one that was it had like a uh, it had like a an Italian oh, it was like a, a next level it had like a it was like the engine in it was a really sporty one they're the, they're the rarest of the rare they were slightly later um, like I've got Lotus in my it wasn't Lotus but there was like an even more sort of amazing you can still get them but there's very few of them and they're very very expensive but yeah like, have you ever been in the back of a one of those old ds you ever draw in front of one you ever driven one i've never driven one no um i've been a passenger in one of them mm. um but i've never driven one i think it'll be quite an experience mm. to ju- just just i mean just the size of it yeah. just to be able to um navigate in a car like yeah, that i don't yeah. think it'd be it'd probably be more of a straight line point a to b type car yeah, rather yeah. than taking it to local shops and trying to get it into a a car space but yeah, um but very comfortable just like you waft along on this sort of air air suspension cushion ride and you know it it raises up and then it lowers down i'd like to play around with the the technology that they mm. had available at that time yeah and just just see what they were testing out because I think it was an experiment. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something that was designed just with a view to you know, to see what was what was feasible or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the car looks like it's from outer space. Oh, it's really, incredible. I mean, yeah, if you just absolutely. look at the way that you've got there, the indicators, absolutely um, positioned. Um, the steering. You remember the steering wheel that just had like a block at the bottom and then a just an uninterrupted circle all the way around it. Beautiful design. Mm. You know, you used to have all those. A big fan of Citroens was uh, Sweaty's dad, Neil Goodman. Do you, do you remember? You, ah. you didn't know him because he only joined Gideon Park and Heath Park Juniors, our our uh, amazing football club. He joined that. Obviously, you knew him through that. But his dad was a big Citroen fan. Yeah. I don't know if he had he had the DS, but then he. Afterwards, he, they kept getting Citroens. I remember they kept the air suspensions. So whatever the ones they had in the eighties were, they were still beautiful cars. Well, if it wasn't a DS, I mean, all yeah, all the Citroens have always got a an interesting mm. style. Yeah. I mean, e- even now, I mean, I wouldn't say I would choose one of those over another mm. sort of standard car. But um, although, if you're wafting up into the French Alps, as we as we're about to hear later on, you mm. probably are. Well, when in France, then I will go for a (laughs) French car. So you've got a garage in different countries, obviously. (laughs) All right, we better move away from cars. Um, uh, Welcome to um, 
episode three, Sean, of uh, season three of Inside the Hemisphere. Lucky threes all round. This is my oldest mate, Glenn. Blimey. This is going to be, this is this is tricky. This is, Well, not tricky. This is uh, just different because as opposed to some people I've, I've virtually know nothing about their lives, I've, I've got a, we've already dropped about 15 names that mean nothing to almost everybody else. Um, so I have to step outside of that and remember that I know lots about your story, but we have to tease some of your story out of you with, without assuming everybody knows and all the, all the different characters and things. That's so going to be interesting. You already, like, so just to set the scene, um, we're, we're in my house in Ocean Grove and uh, Glenn and his wife, Georgie, you mentioned before, and, and your two lovely children have been staying with us the last couple of days. And last night, due to a confluence of events, was the first time you've actually managed to have 10 minutes to on your own without some sort of duties to do your pro forma. So you could be found at 10 p.m. last night sitting there in... Uh, in the relative quiet of your bedroom. And you've, song one, you surprised me straight away. I was not expecting Dire Straits. So um, take me through the mythical stereo, which I remember. Cracking stereo. And and yeah. the first CD. Well, I mean, congratulations for series three. I think that's, <laughs> the, that's the first point Excellent. I wanted to make. But yeah. Oh, it was an interesting exercise. It, mm. it was like, I mean, music has, for me, has probably been something I have, it hasn't been on the forefront of my mind recently. Mm. Just, you know, just stuff gets in the way. It's yeah. not because I don't know, like music anymore, far from it. But you know, just going through what seemed like a simple exercise of seven songs and seven albums, yeah, it'd be easy to yeah. to organise. And I'm sure everyone who's done this is, you know, agrees. I can understand what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. Mm. But um, it was great to reflect. And I thought, and I sort of took the, the approach of um, you know, just, you know, trying, just trying to make it easy for myself to just take a chronological yep. approach. But I haven't put the songs in that chronological mm. order. Yep. Um, what a great place to start. I mean, dire straits, money for nothing. Yeah. Um, I, it's just... I just remember the moment when I had this CD yeah. in my hands and I had my great new MIDI system yeah. stereo. It was the uh, Akai yeah. uh, brand. Um, I was working at the time. I had I had cash in my pocket. Market cash? Romford Market cash or was it, was it after that? Um, you're right. It was Romford Market cash. It was. You don't need to bring up your relative cashed up state, I suppose. Cash, cash in hand. I was cash poor. You were, you were whatever the cash rich. Yeah, well, I, I was. I was cash rich and asset poor back then. <laughs> How things change. <laughs> and um, uh, it was um, it was time to invest. So I'd been <laughs> invest really. I'd, I'd been monitoring it's the a stack system, stereos. And, yeah. Um, where did you get where did you get the stereo from by the way um, I, w I would have bought it locally from mm. from one of the shops I mean it would have been a, I would have gone to the high street and bought it from one of whatever the the main <coughs> shop was in Rotherham like Debenhams it, it, or something I don't or? think Richer Sounds was around at that time that was no, a bit more no, separate no, so I think not. it would have been somewhere somewhere else but it would have been it would have been local so you don't remember it wasn't like Argos been, wasn't Romford um, 
look, I know I, I can't remember exactly mm. where it was, but um, I know that there were a few that I was you know looking to to purchase, and I had to narrow it down to one. And of course, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the luxury of researching online and <laughs> and weighing things say, up and doing are, a comparison. It would be remiss of me. If, if people came away from this interview without the impression that you're a man that likes to do due, due diligence <laughs> in, in uh, you, you know, you, you are, you have always been um, a man to do research, even before the days of the internet, I'm sure you would have, you would have brochures and uh, a good idea of what you wanted before you went to the shop. I had criteria that I needed to, yeah. needed to fulfill. What so, were those, um, what were those criteria? so it had to, um, it had to meet those those conditions i mm. mean i had to look yeah i had to have i had to look great because yeah. it was sitting in my bedroom yeah. and i'll be looking at it a lot had to have the 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 right quality the right sound quality and yeah. used to have enough used to have enough features that i needed and it had a cd player yeah and i had this cd and yeah. i thought um the album so it was time to to put it in and well, test it out. I mean, that, that I, I remember listening to. Um, I mean, I, the spoiler alert: you, it didn't, this one didn't make your list. But um, I always think of you with the ZZ Top album that you loved. The, the is it Tres Hombres or you know one of the very early ones? Anyway, it was the pre Eliminator. Well, you had, yeah, yeah. But then mm. you went back further. You remember Dust My Broom? You loved that song, Dust My Broom. So I remember that, and I remember. Other, but I don't remember you loving Dire Straits. Mm. Do you remember where you got um, Brothers in Arms from the the album? Well, <clears throat> just back to the ZZ Top. I mean, <laughs> you know, I said to you when I approached this, yes. that I had a long list. Yeah. Okay. So ZZ Top were on the on the list well, because yeah. I think as you'll go through the songs I've chosen and yeah, listen to some of the other words I say, you'll probably see a theme mm. through the songs, even though they're different genres. And mm. the ZZ Top you know, had that consistent the beat, beat yep. Uh, yep. or carried all the way through the song. Even though I didn't really like you know, the band that much. I wasn't a, a great follower. The music said something to me. Mm. And I had my cassette tapes, um, so my little cassette recorder, yep. you know, the ones where you press the, the buttons were all lined up along yeah. the front and then, okay. then, then the cassette lid you know, lifts up yeah. on the, it's on the top yeah. and then you know, the cassette goes in there and, and yeah, <laughs> was it was pretty, born. Pretty, pretty basic. <laughs> born but, after 1985. Yeah, I used that and I had my <clears throat> tape collection and CZ Top was part of that, but I think... Oh, right, so pre-CDs, yep. The reason why I went for... Uh, dire straits is because we're now into a digital yeah. era mm -hmm. and for me that that was that was an important transition point oh, yeah. so we could say zz top just led to the dire straits um okay uh choice yeah i see okay. and um we've gone into we've gone into um cds and i think it was um I mean, it was quite a significant CD anyway, oh, um, yeah. album, because, you know, the the words MTV were significant yeah. as well, because yeah. I think the first video, music video played yeah. on MTV, and um, and I like the, just the, you know, that, 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 that said something to me as well, uh, because we're the now, the, the visuals and the way that 
they came together. So, did you like? Because um, <clears throat> I mean, this song is remarkable, right? And it, and it just seems like it. Yeah, as you exactly like you said, digital. So it was designed to be played as we will in a minute, top volume, just with those drums and stings of vocal coming in, and you know, it makes the hair stand up on your arms. But did you get off on the rest of the album as well? Did you like all the other? Like, did you like the song Brothers in Arms, for example, which is very sort of plaintive, very mellow? I have to say, not really, mm. because I was so drawn to Money for Nothing mm. that that's all I wanted to play. Right. So <laughs> that for me was, you know, that, that, that's how I was testing out this great new stereo I had, because that was the only song that was really fitting to put on I, I I mean I did listen to the album mm. as well and there were uh, probably a couple of other songs mm. that were okay but you know, I've chosen songs mostly because you know, mostly it's you know, why do you buy an album mm. you know, do you buy an album just because you love the band and you like mm. all of their different styles mm. or is, is it just you're drawn to one or two songs mm. and you play those over and again and i think yeah. i'm more the latter i'll right. just i'll okay. just i'll just be driven to the song and <clears> i'll play those a lot more than just listen to all of the songs on the album or go to concerts mm -hmm. yeah i'd rather you know take the the song approach and yeah it said something and it didn't disappoint <laughs> no on a space station now, on, on Deep Space Station Gideon, I'm not sure how much of, uh, of the uh, meandering manifesto you read, you've got the album. So you already, your first choice, you, you've you sort of done away with a whole load. You yep. could have, if there was such thing as a CD single, you probably would have bought it rather than the album. Yep. Um, and you've got Nitrous Rockside. I don't know if you've read that bit, it's been, but you know, you can, in theory, listen over and over again to just that one song and not get tired of it. So I suppose the, the, the conceit actually serves its purpose in your case. But um, with apologies to Mark Knopfler and the boys, the rest of it is is almost extraneous. You don't really, you don't really care for it. Um, well, not not as much as the, that one not song. So. I mean, I was going to ask about the Nitrous Rock side. Oh, yeah. Is is there a is there a promotion in in series three? Do we get to take some home with us? <laughs> we might come to uh, the late nineties <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> Unfortunately, for now, it's uh, it's it's an imaginary imaginary drug. But it, it sounds great, though, doesn't it? You know, just it's not like you're developing dementia and you <clears throat> you don't remember anything. It's just that you don't get that sort of tight that that boredom from hearing the same uh song over and over again but you're the first actually that's engaged so much with the concept of uh nitrous rockside so thank you all right so let's um let's crank this um and we are <clears throat> 31 minutes in and uh that's what i'm talking about song one
that's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Now that ain't working. That's the way you do it. Let me tell you. OCD. I just have to mention Pete Garner. Was that was that name? Not not James. Oh, no, it was Pete. Pete, 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 Garner, Pete yeah. Garner. You were friends with him, weren't you? Um, I think we were all pretty friendly by the the time we got to the the later years at school. I mean, yeah. you know, even if we were in different classes, there was a good you know good knowledge of of everyone and who they were or, the, or their likes and 
dislikes were. Yeah, there was that. There was, I mean, it's slightly camaraderie. I think it was camaraderie. It, it was a lovely talking about Cooper's Cooper's Coburn, the school that you went to from eleven to eighteen, and I went from sixteen to eighteen or whatever it was. But there was that. There was the that middle room when. Where where I, I used to go and play contract at lunchtime with Tot and uh, Jubs Leicester and and Radford and and Pete and all the so called nerdy kids that were like really lovely guys. But I think you came in there from time to time, didn't you? And did, got involved in a spot of contract at lunchtime. Well, the, well, the contract started. Um, <clears throat> I think a couple of years before that. Yeah, I think before it, I uh, arrived, sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think by that point, then there was a good a good group of people who were interested in the in the cards and the and 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 then the the gambling aspects to it as well well i'm not sure money ever changed hands but um as we've discussed um, i didn't have any money well you did well you did well to to get in that was it was tough to get a seat at the table so i think you you did a great job to to get in with that that group um i mean tot used to get really excited about a game of contract and um sandwich and it's a great game. Yeah, you know, I've I've played it yeah, many times since school, and you know, tried to you know, on on travels got people. Can you still play it? Do you still know the rules? Um, yeah, I think um, <coughs> I think the good. I remember you had to draw your little table at the beginning, yeah, that's and, right, yeah, um, yeah. and then take everyone's bids. Um, that's right. Yeah. For me, it was a good. It was a good break from playing backgammon and. And chess when you're traveling, just to ah, get the cards, you know, because uh-huh. you forget about playing cards. Yeah, yeah but yeah. how many games can you play with yeah. a deck of playing yeah, cards? That's amazing. And yeah. contracts was uh, was a, was one of those was one of the better ones. Did you ever learn bridge? Well, I think bridge was like one step on, wasn't it? From contract, it was similar but more evolved or something. I've never played <clears throat> bridge, but I think. I think you're right. I think that it started with a contract mm. and then it evolved into the bridge. So mm. I think that same room you're talking about. Oh, the boys actually at school. Did it. I think there would have been um, maybe a bridge element to that. And then I think it went went underground a little bit. I think Tot <laughs> took it underground. Oh, really? And um, it became weekends and Gosh. and after school and. Mm. Um, but yeah. I was excluded from yeah. that. Yeah, well, I guess Bridge would be one of. The, I wouldn't mind learning the rules to that one. Yeah, one of the, on the on the bucket list of yeah. games to learn properly. Not easy on a spaceship unless you've got. I suppose. Yeah, could you do it with a computer sort of AI sort of? Well, uh, yeah. Is there? Do we have AI? There? Well, that's Are good we question. allowed that? Um, I mean, that's where things are going. I mm, hear. Yeah. Well, sooner the better, probably. The way humans are messing things up. Um, yeah. I... Yeah, well, let, for you, let's say mm. yes. Um, what was your luxury item? Did you have one? My part of luxury the... item. Was um, that on the did I? I don't think I filled I that out. You did. I think I. I, I mean, I I wanted to take. Can I tell you what I wanted? Are you going to make a, a just a split second decision now? Are you? Yeah. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to to take my one of my bikes with me onto the spaceship. Onto the spaceship. Um, but then I'd have to take, <laughs> I was going to ask you, would so I be able to ride a, it? You'd need a roller. You'd either need a very big rollers. spaceship or, mm. or the, one of those. Really? That would be your luxury? I suppose, yeah, for you. That well, could be. I take my rollers as well? And well, well my, my equipment so I could hook it up and, yeah, and right. ride it. Are you sure that's what you want? Well, I just want to keep fit. So you want the whole pulse uh, monitor and the whole thing? 
Well, you said it earlier. You said I, you know, I like to do my research and, and analysis and, yeah. and, and the data that you can get oh. out of the, the, the riding. So you know, power and, and heart rate. Thing. You know, I thought if I, if I, I need that. You do and, need that. And, um, you know, I thought that would be a good way of uh, ticking two boxes. So what we're really after is some kind of um, artificial intelligence facility that, that, that can not only be three other people to play cards with, one of whom's your partner. I think Bridge, you're playing teams, but also is a sort of push bike, rolling road, um, a, a stats generator for when you um, for when you do your exercise as well. So it's quite a complex machine. Yeah, there'd be a, a bit of planning that they have to go into the the, the mm. setup because I'd want to be riding in a in a sort of a a, a, a real environment i think uh, oh. i think i think one of the other questions you asked me was yeah you know, what what scene would you like to see virtual reality pod so where i'm going with this yes is the bike then links in with got the it. virtual reality got it and then i'll get that full experience that i'm after so you've got the outdoors or whatever no is that the right sort of one you'd go for that beautifully pronounced yeah. as well <laughs> mobs very good <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong pronunciation. It was the outdoers, um, <laughs> and uh, and and then you've got the the rolling rolling road, the yeah. bike, and the, it sounds like quite a few. It sounds like you've got at least four luxury items there, but I'm going to allow it because they're all essentially part of the same thing. They are. They're, they're all they're all joined up, okay. and um, cool. they make up the same thing. Otherwise, if you're playing cards, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I mean solitaire. I mean, you used to be playing solitaire, wouldn't oh, you? I don't All know. the time. I don't know that. I one. mean, that'd be that. But then again, if you're on the rock side, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really. No. Because you never get tired of it. No. So, okay. Well, let's do. Let's go there then. <clears throat> I quite like because sometimes you get to the end of the you get to the end of the interview, interview and you've done the songs and you've kind of talked out and you go, all right, tell us your book, tell us your thing, tell us your thing. But let's go there. So you did pick um, as your um, well, I've called it virtual reality. Vista. And then we, I've been in this discussion with people about: Can you interact? Is it real time? Are you looking at the you know environment that you're in, or is it on a loop? So I've kind of I've kind of subverted the the paradigm, um, if that's the correct term. I'm going with it though to say that we're just going like your happy place in the world. It doesn't necessarily have to be you know when you're on the spaceship looking at it, but it's more like where is your place on this planet that you would. Um, it's a bit like the car question, except you don't get three places; you just get one. And you said like French mountains, yeah, the Alps, and and that yeah. kind of leads us into the time you spent living there. So let's let's jump into that part of your life. Yeah, well, I think um, I mean it was an interesting an interesting question. I could have chosen other. Obviously, had yeah, a few things I could have mm. selected, but I mean, for me, that the mountains. Um, have a special place i mean i was lucky enough to live in france mm -hmm. for for a year i spent a lot of the time in in the mountains mm -hmm. i was skiing or snowboarding every day which was yeah. which was great but um but Just i was tell also us, tell us how sorry to interrupt but tell us how that that happened you were you were at uh, uni in bournemouth is that how i was began? at uni <clears throat> right i was at uni in bournemouth there was it was a four-year course year three was spent yeah, working mm -hmm. in in industry and um, in the tourism industry, and you know, I could have ch I chosen other things. I almost ended up getting a job with 
British Airways oh. working out of Heathrow, but I got wow. down to the final two in that one, and I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, huh. So things could have been very different. Right. Wow, I didn't know that. And what happened is, you know, I was still unsure about what to do, and um, which is why I've always found the the career question from an early age, mm. a really difficult one yeah. to answer yep. because yep. I, I'm still searching in many yep. ways for the answer to that. Yep. Um, and I, um, I, I came across this, this program funded by the, um, the EU, which was to, uh, do like a language exchange between, between, uh, European universities. And there was a spot that came up in, in France oh. at the, university in um Chambry, which is just right. you know, just further along from from leon just at the the foot of the mm-hmm. of the the french helps mm-hmm. not far from albeville where they had the the winter olympics right in, um i think it was in 1992 so um, around that, um, not, around, not that around that time basically yeah around about, around about that time <coughs> um so anyway so i got a space on this on this program and i was so a French person would have gone to Bournemouth as well. Um, yeah, I th- I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that's. It, well, I don't think it was a one-for-one one, oh. um, exchange. I think there were certain universities in Europe that that offered these courses. So I've met up with people um, yeah, from all over. There's some other other people from from uh, UK, the people from Germany. Um, Maybe I think maybe I had some Spanish. Mm-hmm. We did. We did have some Spanish um, join as well. So we all met up, and we had an intense language course because all I could remember from school had been yeah. my French lessons, um, yeah. which I'd you know stopped at GCSE. Yeah. Um, so you did, you did GCSE French. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I, I liked it, um, but I, you know, I didn't apply myself because I wasn't going into a languages time mm-hmm. uh, vocation. So, so I find myself you know, probably the worst French speaker <laughs> at this at, because the Germans and the Spanish were already yeah. quite sort of fluent anyway, mm. and uh, the, and the other the other English students were were doing a languages degree. Really? So I was a bit oh, bit okay. behind the curve. So I had to really get my head down and it was a it was a real challenge over the space of two months to do an intensive French language course at the university. And the university is in the mountains or is it at the foot of the mountains? It's at the foot of the mountains. Um but the but the the, the way it worked was you, you got your introduction and your language skills up to a certain level then you start to work right. in the 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 local industry which is yeah. obviously big as a big tourism influence You're straight the, into it with the the ski resorts and everything so right. you know i had to go and interview to to get these jobs i'm competing against other students as well yeah right and um ended up getting a, a job in the um in the ski resort up in the in the three valleys so you're a student but you're actually getting a salary you get you're actually getting a wage for doing the job it's a job yeah but you're still under the sort of banner of being a student at university at the, at the same time it's a placement it's a placement yeah. job so i do you're right i get i got paid and back then i was getting paid in french francs yeah um presumably the tax was a fluid uh proposition you weren't necessarily uh having to declare everything i I don't know it seems like it would be tricky to 
Well, I think I flew yeah, under the radar for the yeah. tax authorities. So, yeah. um, so the the payment was good, and that, and we had free accommodation, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that really started my sort of enjoyment of the of mm. an appreciation of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there for the whole of the the um, the winter, oh, and um, and only recently was four years ago we we went back. And um, and I, w- I went in in the summer, so I'd experienced for the, what it's like doing the the winter season. Went back and had a you know, uh, quite a long time there in the in the summer, mm-hmm. experiencing the, all the things you do in the, the mountains over the summertime, hiking and the you know, cycling. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a big yeah. thing for me. Yep. And um, and I just just feel you just when you hit an environment mm-hmm. that you feel is right yeah okay and um and sometimes it's just just quite you just feel at home for some reason and that's a special place where i just feel maybe i've been there before i don't know in a past life who knows but i was i just feel comfortable yeah 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 um i could i just feel like i fit in so so you went there four years ago to the did you stay in the hotel where you where you worked when as a student when you went back um I, i i know no, I didn't. I haven't been up to that ski resort okay, okay. since. Um, but I would like to go. Actually, that's a good thought. I'd never. You know, maybe one day there'll be a chance to go back and see what it's like. Well, here's a question now. I mean, because this is. I think this is the thing common to our station in life. Uh, Middle aged men, women. I suppose the same is that you know. There's this kind of. Uh, I, I suppose it comes under the banner of midlife crisis, which is. I, I hate that term because it's associated with you know, men having affairs and buying leather jackets or whatever. But you know, it's not that really. It's about, is this what I'm going to do, you know, for the rest of my working life? Is this where I'm going to be? Is this where I'm going to live? And so the question, I suppose, is either practically or just as a dream would you work towards you know uh moving your family because you've said that that's your happy place so why not work to, why not bend your will towards somehow managing to live and work there look we, we, we've weighed it up um interestingly we you know we thought is is this viable mm-hmm. um could we move everybody to the French Alps yep. and do something completely different. Wow. And we did some research and some analysis. <laughs> did you? Of course you did. Weighed yeah. it, weighed it yeah. up and, and it, 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 was, it was close. I mean, really? it, it, was, it was doable and I would have been happy to take that, to take that risk, but yeah. um, it, it, didn't just, it didn't make it. Unfortunately, what was, the, I know. what was the sticking point? Um, I think I think it was probably probably just a, a bit too big of a fear mm. of the unknown. Mm. Um, I think there was probably you know we, we scratched the surface with the idea. So the idea was to to sell in Australia, mm-hmm. move to to France, mm-hmm. uh, invest in a say like a, a tourism business like a hotel yep. and then you know be able to you know run that and um enjoy the, the benefits of living mm-hmm. in that lifestyle but then 
there would have been, you know, the, then the, the sensible elements come in around mm. education and, and healthcare, yeah. And, yeah. and and I mean the language wasn't an issue because mm. I think kids absorb the language easily, oh, yeah. and that would have been you know, a great benefit for them. And I've always wanted them to grow up bilingual. Yeah. Um, but um, I just think the other more practical elements came mm. in, and we we didn't take that leap of faith. And I think the other the, the probably the main reason was like it would have had to have been pretty special to have been mm. better than what we were giving up because okay. it's not like you know, things are... Austra Australia's great. Mm. I mean, it mm. was everything here mm. that we could possibly want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it didn't yeah. make the cut, but look, why why not travel there? Yeah, that's right. And, and, and yeah, you can, you can go there. It's that, it's that thing, isn't it? You, why? Because you always think about, oh, I'll buy a French chateau or buy a little you know converted farmhouse somewhere or, but then you own it and then you've got all that you've got plumbing and you've got the locals that don't like you and you've got the the vagaries of the tourist season and you've got you know any one of a number of problems so why not just have a beautiful holiday mm. once a year but then i guess it, it comes down to what you want to do for a job and we'll come to that as well so i actually well i wanted to because i actually can't remember i remember talking to you about this but um and i you made a comment before, um, and I very much remember that as well, where, where, you know, for someone that does plan and is very organised, I remember this kind of, you know, like almost you were waiting for some career that would really grab you to grab you, you mm -hmm. know, like you did a few different things and nothing really stuck. And for you, that was like a... You know, you could organise your whole life and, and, and you, you know, you bought, you bought an apartment early and did all of that. But there was this sense that you hadn't really found the thing that you, that you were passionate about to do for a career. Mm. Is that fair to say? Because like, you, you, you did a tourism degree, wasn't, wasn't it? Abort? Was it called tourism? In the well, yeah, it was. And I, didn't, I, I only chose that because it just sounded really easy yeah. and I could, I could travel. Yeah. Um, and you loved your geography as well, I, didn't you? Well, it was a, there was the geography element, which was probably my favourite yep. subject at school. Yep. And the humanities side of school was was where I seemed to do okay. Yep. And um, and I thought, you know, I'll take that into you know, the next step. But the next yep. step could equally have been just going to get a job in the city and not going yeah. to uni. Yep. It was yep. a very, very last minute that I just changed my mind completely mm. and decided to go to uni because yeah, it wasn't it wasn't on the agenda last minute as in post a levels yeah mm. yeah it was i wasn't working towards a university place because right. i i didn't i didn't deem that as yeah, the the direction i wanted to go in yeah, so yeah. i mean i think where we where we lived half the people went yeah. to uni half didn't yeah. so it wasn't to if me that, if that right really if you look at it I mean, maybe at Cooper's, but where we actually lived, as in, you know, Romford, Gear Park, uh, you know. Oh, a lot less, a lot less. A lot if less, If you right? take the, yeah, the local area. All, you know, all the boys basically went out to work at Ford or, you know, into the city. There was tons of yeah. people that went to the city, wasn't there? So, that so was you, the natural pathway from, yeah, from yeah. the Essex, the Essex man. It's some cliche, isn't it? You know, yeah. like the, the, you're either a used car salesman or you're a used car salesman working in the city selling uh, futures or whatever instead of banged up Fords. So, so what was the? So what was the? Was there like a eureka? Well, not a eureka moment, but was there? Um, can you remember the moment you went? No, I'm going to go to university instead in, in Bournemouth. I re I just remember thinking I wasn't ready to go to the city yeah. and um, 
and I, I decided to to quickly look around to see mm-hmm. where what what I wanted to study, and mm-hmm. and I and it was uh, the location was as important was as mm. important as the the topic, and and, yeah. and there wasn't much left. <laughs> so oh, is that right? Yeah, so because I'd, clearing, I'd left it. Yeah, so I'd left it so late. So right. I ended up. Yeah, you know, I liked I liked the sound of Bournemouth, and um, yeah. I didn't want to be I guess too far away from home and yeah. that was just about on the limits and yeah. and I thought that the course was a bit you know, similar to geography so yeah. so I enrolled and, and and after the first year I thought this is it wasn't for me so mm. I almost you know, left and transferred into something else yeah. another course um I was looking at because had a had a law element to oh, the course I okay. was doing and I and I I did quite well at that and I thought well they also offered a law degree so right. i almost transferred into the law degree interesting and um and they wow. also had um uh, a business degree as well and almost transferred into that and then mm-hmm. i thought well there'll be an, i'm going to have to add another year onto my education and mm. i wasn't prepared mm. to do that so i thought i'll just stay with what i'm doing that, and yeah. lo- looking back that was a bit of a crossroads moment things For could sure. have things could have changed quite dramatically if, yeah. I, if I didn't decide to stay put but mm. I did and um, <clears throat> and then you know I left after you know, four years and completed it and still still didn't know exactly yeah. what to go into and then but travel was always important and then all right so we'll, okay but just looping back because then I think that's when you went into the city after that is that right you spent a little bit of time after the degree so I did. See. I went to the city, yeah. <clears throat> but before, okay, so you, so you, in year three of a four-year degree, you spend that in France. Yeah. And you become fluent. You have a cracking time snowboarding every day. Probably it plants the seeds of not just living in the mountains, but doing more travel, which is going to come a little bit later. But that time, I mean, you said you said it yourself, crossroad. I mean, those, those years between 17, 18 and 23... Yeah, you know, the crossroads just come at you thick and fast, don't they? Relationships, jobs, you know, countries, you know, cities, wherever you're going to live. It's like your brain's only getting towards being an adult from a child. And all of a sudden you've got these almost flip of a coin decisions, right? Law versus, you know, carrying on doing a tourism degree. Mm. France versus, you know, going to um, Heathrow Airport, you know. Wherever it is, it's crazy, right? You've got this kind of yeah. You know. Things could have taken an, another turn, and, God, yeah. and and I, I have to be realistic to myself because you know, I think back to the early days of growing up in in Essex and you know, not not being satisfied yeah. with the, yeah. the local environment. Yeah. For me, for me, it, it, the environment's really important, and mm. and, and you know, London, Essex, suburbia didn't do it for me so I yeah. knew from an early age that this was just a temporary yeah, place yeah. and um, and I think that's why I prioritized the travel aspect yeah, yeah. so much and stuck with the tourism because I thought that was that was you know, a way into mm. something that's going to give me yep. the travel need yep. that I have throughout my life and yeah you know, I guess you know, where I am now is is that that's that's held true because I'm mm-hmm live further away i've got you know, things are flexible now and and i mm. you know i could have been stuck in a, a nine to five law firm you yeah, know I, I don't think so and i don't think that would have been no. that would have you know, i wouldn't have been true to myself having done no. that 
I mean, that, that was a feature of our, our childhood together. I remember was, you know, there was very much a sense of, you know, it was what it was. You know, you, you we were in that kind of Romford environment, but I, but your, your thing was like, you know, this is not my future. I'm not going to be a, a nine to fiver going to, you know, the pub in Romford at the weekend for the rest of my life, you know, married to an Essex girl or whatever it is. Um, and, and I remember going, you know, when you were in Bournemouth, I, I, it must have been your first year because it was during the year that before I went away. And I remember coming down to you and I just, it was just like you clearly um, were blossoming or thriving in, in that environment there. You know, um, I think the the ability to uh, reinvent yourself, you know, you know, even just not have a history with people and you had this wide group of friends. I remember feeling actually very proud that I was your mate in, in you know, coming in. Um, as Glenn's mate, because you had a really nice circle of friends who thought the world of you and all of that. And it was just like, yeah, okay, this is what he's been after really for 16 years or something, you know. It seemed to really, uh, it seemed to really suit you, that, that milieu. How's that pronunciation for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right, mate, we're on an I'm hour. Impressed. Thank you. We're on an hour. Um, I suppose, well... It, if I'm if I'm being uh, the professional interviewer that I am, um, we can talk about the year because you went to then Bournemouth in 1990, correct? And your second song is from 1990, um, and again did not see this coming. But I mean, can, what you said before about the beat, and I totally get this. This was like, well, tell me why you picked uh, the Charlatans and um, the only one I know. Look, it was. Um, I mean, I, st I play it regularly now. I, mm. For really? me, yeah, I do. Mm. I, I mean, I loved the that that Manchester <laughs> scene. I mean, yeah. I was look. I was I was searching for music in the eighties. Awkward school discos. Couldn't mm. wait for the slow one to come on because <laughs> at least I could just dance to that. It was just too random for me, and I think it just comes back to being organized and <laughs> wanting consistency with the beat and i just felt like <laughs> the, charla right? the charlatans like it, 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 it was it was it's a really great um example of that manchester music that i really liked to listen to yeah. when i was at uni students union yeah, yeah. um nights um club nights that i used to go to with mm. my with my new chums that i'd met at bournemouth we used to um i used to you know be I used to wear my, you know, my 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 five oh one. Yeah. My DMs, my my cardigan. That's what you wrote down on um, the. And cardigans. I used to, and I used to dance to to this stuff. I mean, no. it could have been, you know, it could have been any of those bands. Really, yeah. Happy Mondays, Stone Roses. Um, so that was the problem for you. A lot um, of the eighties stuff didn't have that beat that you could actually move to and dance to. Didn't trigger any passion mm. Mm. within me and mm. then and then suddenly i started to hear this t t the indie mm. sort of type mm. music i guess it is and and um and then the charlatans for me was always the pick right. i mean more than the mondays uh, more than the roses i liked all of them mm. and yeah certain songs of theirs i really enjoyed yeah. um i think the charlatans just gave me what I needed, and um, yeah. and I used to, used to you know be really happy when the, they'd played a song, and yeah. we'd just have a few a few sherbets, and <laughs> um, 
I, I can know, see it dancing dance. now. I, I can see great. the way he does. I could just, funny. I couldn't cut loose at the school discos. I could, <laughs> could I just felt like it was okay to cut loose yeah, to, yeah. to this other type of music. And I think that was just the sort of the start of getting into music yeah. a little bit more yeah. because I just, just, um, it just resonated with me. And you weren't, um, I think you, you mentioned in passing earlier on, you, you never were really one for going to gigs though. So you never went to see the charlatans. You never, because they would have come through, they were very much a touring, they still are, I think, very much a touring band. They would have come through Bournemouth at some point, presumably, student unions or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't recall them coming when I was there to Bournemouth, I think. I mean, there were lots of other bands that came along that we go to the union for and um you know I, I do remember going to an oasis concert oh once an early an early an one, early one. Wow. yeah i think that i'm not quite sure when that was it was sometime Blimey, in, in the 90s no, no no it wasn't in bournemouth it, i think i was in sydney actually oh yeah i think yeah. that was in sydney but yeah. it would have been would they have toured in Sydney in ninety seven? Well, they they did ninety eight. They did because well, me and Gav went, um, but, but I know it was just me and him because <clears throat> I remember we got you know really lost. Must have lost about three liters of water. You know, sweat. Yeah. You know, um, but I think that was just before you came back to Sydney, mm. um, which would have been. I know actually probably would in ninety eight. Uh, I, I get mixed up when because we all me you and Gav we were sort of coming and going and tot as well. Um, so you saw them, but you're not, you're not really been a, historically, you've not been one for really going to lots of gigs. Why is that? No, uh, well, I think I used to just enjoy going to, going clubbing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, at that time, you know, you had the, um, um, lots of parties, yeah. um, dance music was just sort of coming in as yeah, well yeah. i mean uh, acid house uh, late yeah, everything, 80s everything and stuff like that so there was a statute of limitations was, by the way on yeah, the it was behavior. it was that was the that was the preference of going out to watch a dj mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather than going to watch yeah, a band yeah. a live band yeah. i've never been into the the live bands whether it's going to you know to a local pub to yeah. support local bands or whether mm. it's going to a big concert I'm, i would um just be happy to watch it, yeah. watch that at home, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'd yeah. I'd rather make the effort to go out to DJ. It was I, I have a sense looking back that you were you know, it was like almost you knew what you wanted, you knew wanted you know knew what it what you wanted was in the scene, you wanted club, you wanted dance, you that, but it just wasn't there. And then finally it was there, and it's like right, finally this is what I've been waiting for all my all my life. And you loved it, you know, whether it's a house party with the good music or the or the club sort of scene, or even. I guess pubs with club nights and things as well, right? Um, all right, let's but let's listen to the Charlotte's classic song. Great song, it's just great. I didn't mm. I didn't expect it, but what a cracking song! All right, and we are uh, an hour and nine minutes. Song two, come on. <laughs>
I think I think that was shorthand between us. It was almost uh you know, if you wanted to denigrate a sound, it was like fucking Bon Tempe keyboard sound or whatever. That was like an Argos special. I think you could buy Bon Tempe. Yeah. It's funny what you remember. That's the thing as well. We've got so many, uh, you know, cultural or, you know, historical touchstones, you know, uh, that are peculiar, not to just to our generation, but to our, you know, situation where we grew up as well. You know, when I said, did you get your you know, your stereo from Argos. I, I didn't want to say it because immediately that triggers like this dodgy, you know, falls apart in, in t- and your stereo was better. Uh, I remember that. So uh, I've probably kept the receipt somewhere. Yeah, you probably I'll, have. I'll, I'll search for it. But not the stereo though. You've not got that original uh, Akai uh, stereo system. No, right? but it's, it's a good question because it, 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 it's a, sorry, <laughs> it's, you probably should keep things like that if they're they're sentimental. Well, you probably would have done. <laughs> Looking around the room, it looks like you don't get rid of much stuff yeah, over the time. Yeah. But well, no, it's not fair. It's my, um, this is my this is my musical equipment. Uh, but yeah, fair point. No, no but it will be good to keep. Would have been good to keep it. Well, all right. Well, you, but you hit on okay, right? So that actually, I'm glad you said that because it actually makes me hit on um, a point. I was actually going to talk bring up the practitioners, right? And I was trying to think about. Um, I thought that might come towards the end of the interview, but um, you know, so so I'll get you to explain what it is. But um, it's this idea that you know, because when you talk about hoarding, what you're talking about basically is when you're you're saying in future I might want to have that right. That, that's kind of at the at the centre of hanging on to stuff because it's got some sentimental value, and you think, well, if I get rid of it, that means in future I won't be able to look at it and go, oh, look. There's that thing, you know, before it gets pathological and you just fill with newspapers and whatnot. So the practitioners and what, what that means is that, well, in my mind, we were setting a, uh, a, a sort of group between the four of us, me, you, Gavin Top being the four, uh, that, that would be a thing in years and years and years, in fact, where we are now, to be able to look back at. But you and I were the only two really that engaged with it. And I... When I was thinking about this interview, I was thinking about, I I think that's actually a really important um, sort of predictor uh, or indicator of the way our lives have gone. But that's that's my, you know, that's as much as I want to say, because this is your interview, you know, not about me, but I mean, you have the floor about what you think about the whole practitioners thing then and now and, you know, what it was. Well, I think I think your interviewing skills have definitely improved since season one because that was a great link. So, well, my my discussion about the you know the the, the legal elements of my study yeah. has has brought you to think, you know, put, yeah, put put drop that into the interview at the right time. Sure. It's um, I mean, we should probably explain what the practitioners you go were. You I the, mean, you've got the floor. I think it were. I mean, I think. There are there are two, well, three three aspects to it in my mind. I think the first one is is the mateship mm-hmm. between the mm-hmm. four of us mm-hmm. in in Gideon Park, um, ourselves, Tot and Gav, and um, I think we just wanted to demonstrate that bond with some some evidence, mm-hmm. and and I think yep. with me getting into the the law side of things, just yeah. Unex- yeah. Un- I was wasn't expecting to, do, but I quite enjoyed it. As I said before, and and I and I wanted to, to use some of that new knowledge 
I'd obtained and mm. and put it into something a bit more formal. So I created mm. this 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 artifact that listed the um, you know some it was like a, a, a constitution. A, 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 it was a constitution. It was a, it was it was some it was rules and and guidelines mm. for you know how we would operate as the practitioners mm. and um, obviously with the the nice medical link as G- well. Yeah, and GP. The, the yep, GP, yep. Gideon Park. Um, and obviously, yeah. And, um, and I think for me, like just looking at it from the, the, the third angle is um, the movie. Do you remember Dead Poets Society? Yeah, Do you course. remember when, you know, I think the, the bond that, all those students oh, had in that film yeah. was um, you know, that said something to me, right? And I okay. drew influence from that and paired that with the legal aspects, the formality, oh, and right. the mateship, and I you know, know came that. up with this this idea. I didn't know that. So, so that was in your mind mm. when you when you drew up when you drew up that um, constitution. Uh, that because yeah that was actually that was an 80s uh, film wasn't it I think it was uh, maybe late 80s yeah. society didn't know that there, there you go okay so that was in your mind and you thought well, this we've got we could have something similar we could have a bond of brothers a, a, a mateship you know that, that, that goes on through the years and so so I drew up some 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 I put down some words mm-hmm. and um and of course, it was just just handwritten right. um, pen and paper at that time. Do you remember what colour paper I wrote it on? Gosh, do you remember that? I'll well, come back okay. to that in a moment. Okay. Um, and I put it together, and I think I yeah you know, I, I I sent it to you. Was it yellow? Was it yellow yes, paper? it was yellow. Well done. Okay. Excellent answer. Yes, <laughs> yellow. Well done. Impressed. Um, <clears throat> And you bought into it, yeah, of course you did. You, I remember you, looking you at it, and going, endorsed what the? it. It was it was crazy. Like that explains. I was like, where the, how did Howard know all this stuff? You know, it was, <laughs> and we and we all had to sign it at the end. I think didn't we? Yeah, we had to. Um, we had to to add our authority to it. Um, and I think the, I think the other two just thought <laughs> like this. This is rubbish. Like what, what? What's this? What's the point of it? Yeah, they were overtly impressed didn't buy in and, and you and I were very excited yeah, about yeah. it and it, it was sort of it just just underlined everything it yeah. was like it, it was something that we had yeah. to to physically you know join us together even more yeah. it was just it was documented evidence yeah. of our friendship and um and it was and, and no one else had it it that, was just that's us right. it was the four of us and it and it meant that the four of us were bonded and the ship was very important the, the fabled ship in, in Gideon Park um, was in my mind where we I remember looking at the paper in the ship like so you'd obviously written it and brought it to the ship and I think we all signed it in one of the you know the bay window uh, sitting in there in the public so, bar or in the I think we're, saloon no, bar I think we in the saloon mm. maybe the public was a bit full up yeah it was during the day though I know it was like a lunchtime not an evening was yeah. there an ale uh, did we have an well, ale? Were we, were was it, it diet cokes at the time, or was it well, was it ale? Okay, so in, I know that I I stopped. Obviously, while well, I was at Cooper's, for, I was the only man ever to, ever to play rugby and and not drink alcohol. So for, between sixteen and eighteen, I didn't drink because I was doing my athletics and that. But there was a time just before that 
when we started going to the pub at 15, I had a couple, you know, a couple of beers when we went up to, you know, London that time and the Firkin and all that, that funny stuff. But I think it was when I was um, in my first period of abstinence, you know, um, between 16 and 18 is my memory, but I, I don't know. You may, you may correct me on that. I don't, I don't know. Um, so I imagine I, I was having a Coke and maybe you boys are having a little pint as we signed it. I don't know. Well, I definitely would have been having a pint. <laughs> I'm sure about that. Cause I, I, I got, I remember going to the doctor in my first term at, at uni with some stomach problems oh, yeah. and, um, and they asked, you know, what's my alcohol consumption? Yeah. And they said, yeah, I think you, you might want to pair that back a little oh, bit. Doctors are such idiots though, for God's sake. What you're a student, you're, you're bloody 19 years old, you know. It's, uh, if anything, it's just a problem with, I guess, creating habits later in life. But really, every student's got, got a liver made from, you know, kryptonite, you know. But the ship was our, that was our, yeah. that was our venue. Clubhouse. That was, that was, that was where we met and yeah. that was where we could discuss our society mm. agenda. Mm. And um, we had our rules and guidelines there that, that, yeah. that gave us a bit of a framework. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I wonder where it is now. I wonder well, I if it's... I thought you kept it. I thought, yeah. I thought you held on to it for years. <clears throat> well, you know, I've got, you know, I've, I do have some, you know, I do have some personal belongings stashed away at home I'll, yeah. um, I haven't visited them those boxes for a while I think it'd be great to in Australia to go and, yeah <coughs> yeah they're here yeah oh. yeah they're here gee that'd be interesting if you could dig yeah. that up yeah that would be great yeah. okay so um, yeah, the, the second part of the question I suppose I don't, I don't know how deeply you want to get into this but it's um, the line I'm drawing is the um, you know what it is? I was thinking about this and how to put it, um, you know, delicately enough so as not to denigrate our, our friends, but um, this kind of appetite for life and being into things, getting excited about things, you know, as in um, seeing, the, uh, seeing the future potential uh, excitement and benefit and and um, and fun from doing something like that, as opposed to oh shit, there's no what's the point of that? It's stupid, you know. And it's maybe it is, but then if it gives you a bit of fun and enjoyment, out of that, I mean, I th you know, you know what I'm trying to say here. Like me and you, kind mm. of like yeah, right, this is exciting, as opposed to that shit. Let's just have another drink, kind of thing. It was a peg for us. Yeah, that's mm. the way I saw it. It was just something we could could you know, hang our our friendship on yeah. because yeah, we we did have a unique friendship. I mean, mm. if you if you think about how long we'd all known each other yeah. and grown up from pretty much from the age from the age of five and had yeah. all those shared experiences in, well, you and in I the were local five. area. Yep. 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 So, you know, culturally we were of mm. uh, the same fit and um, I didn't see anything about it that, that would be negative or, no. or not, not accepted. So, um, but then again, I guess, yeah, different characters have different, mm. different views on things. So just disappointing <coughs> in a way, but it wasn't a deal breaker. For I, don't, me. I don't think I would ever hear the words can't be asked come out of your mouth. I, I just don't, it's just not in your character to, you might say, you know, I actively don't want to do that. You know, I don't, I don't fancy that particular th stupid 
playing that you've had mobs, but can't be asked is just not in your lexicon, you know. It's um you know, there's an energy and an appetite for adventure and for new experiences that's been there, I think, ever since you're ever since I've known you, you know, since the very earliest uh, days of primary school. Um and I don't think you can choose that, right? I think I think um some people are just not wired that way. <laughs> we're dancing around. I know we're both we're both grinning here. People can't see that we're both smiling here because we're both thinking the same thing, and we don't need to say it. I guess. Well, it's a, it's a good phrase that you've coined there because I used to hear it a lot. Um, some people more than others, mm. um, and it, it it's. It, I, I guess I guess I've always sort of made a a stance against that because mm. that's not who I am. Mm. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I didn't feel at home yeah. where I was brought up yep. because yep. that <clears throat> that type of language and apathy is, mm. is, is it's a constraint. Mm. That's what it is. And mm. to me it's like why would apathy, you why, yep. why would you impose those constraints yep. when yep. this is just a, a tiny place mm. in the world mm. And we represent, you know, such a small amount of what's available. Yeah. Like opportunity is out there mm. and I wanted a part of it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I didn't like those, you know, the language I was hearing because it wasn't a common language for me. Mm. And I just felt like it was, um, you know, there, there was more mm. and mm. I had to go and find it. So I, I didn't want to be around people that held those views because... Mm how can you speak you know how can you be with people that don't speak the same language mm. essentially mm. and i just well, yeah. i wanted something more and um it was yeah it was it, oh, it was a learning experience mm. i think you know having grown up in that type of environment because mm. what it gave me was an understanding of what i didn't want to be part of yeah yeah, yeah so well, it wasn't well, it yeah. wasn't a bad yeah. thing no 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 i'm no. not I, I wouldn't we're, we're both glad that we grew up where we grew up, right? I mean, it's uh, it, I would venture it's given us more than it's than it's taken away, you know, in terms of well, you know all the, the usual stuff, the roughness of the area, and you know the sort of uh, you know the, the the street wiseness that you were forced to sort of understand, you know, if not to have the the bells kicked out of you, you know, on an almost daily basis. Um, where do you because we. You know, as you said in your pro forma, your, your parents have never really moved a long way from where they grew up. They're, sort of, they're kind of East End people, you know. Uh, I think your grandparents were, were, were similarly sort of East End. So, was there? Where's this? Where does this wanderlust or adventurous spirit or you, you know yearning? Can you trace a line to any sort of mentors in your childhood, or you know what? What? Or is it just a thing? You know, nature versus nurture. I suppose is the question. Yeah, I, I think I. <laughs> I think I was born with it. I mm. mean, my mum says to me that um, when I was a when I was a baby. I mean, I'm talking within the first like month of my life. Mm. I looked. I opened my eyes and and looked at her and my dad, mm. and she could tell from that moment that I wasn't going to be around. Really, forever. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Wow. It's true. Wow. What does that mean? And they both felt. The, huh. They both felt that same feeling, really, and 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 the impact has you know, huh. has materialised. I think 
Isn't that strange? When did she first yeah. tell you that? She told me. She's told me that on yeah, not just recently. She's mm. she'd made me aware of that when we talk about when we talk about the past. And well, obviously, I don't remember doing it, but yeah, you know, I that's, it, it that's was amazing. it was like I looked at them in the eye and studied them, and they sensed at that moment that yeah, I was just yeah making a, a decision at that point that God. I was gonna going to move on it's kind of heartbreaking um, that's almost like saying that you you realized somehow that they weren't enough for you or or whatever or you know the way she if she's saying it like that you looked at them and said you were going to move on that's i said that must have been a difficult thing to hear carol say i felt i felt really sad yeah when i heard that because i mean clearly that was just their interpretation yeah. of it and um you know there's nothing but love from of course. that I felt for my parents and I've given back to them but mm. um but there was you know something that that she picked up and sensed and my dad also there's that I wasn't going to be one of those kids that would be staying in the local area mm. going through maybe a traditional parent child wow. grandparent um type of relationship and yeah. and something made them realize that I was a little bit, bit different. So I, I was I born with it? I mean, I asked myself mm. the same question. I can't, I can't think of any particular trigger points <laughs> other than other than knowledge as yeah. I was growing up and and learning more about what what other opportunities there were mm. that I could go and explore that involved you know, moving from from Essex and mm. getting out mm. to explore and I've always you know, I haven't ever thought that that was um you know something difficult it's just been just been easy yeah it's just travel more, and it's just your reality isn't it it's not like something that's that's occurred to you it's just it's just like you know same as the color of your hair or anything else it's just part of you you've, you've always known it to be the case I, I mean I, I would I would hazard a guess that um you know what they're talking about is is an intelligence in the eyes you know there's there's a you know um some people clearly have the lights are on you know like some some people are, are dull whatever their eyes you know they, that old it's kind of it's kind of a mystical metaphysical thing but you know the eyes being a gateway to the soul there's a keenness in in some people's eyes and understanding uh, you know you're switched on you know you're not just going through life blindly and that, I, I would I would hazard a guess that that's what they're talking about, you know, a knowingness, I suppose, um, that could, because you, you know, you, you are, uh, you know, you're someone who's, uh, who's got, um, you know, obviously very intelligent, but also a kind of, uh, a knowingness. And I think that that, you know, it's, it's sort of almost like a, what's the word, not self-contained, a self, um, when somebody's, um, uh, yes, uh, possessed, self-possessed, self-possessed. That's the word. You're very self-possessed, and I think that's probably something that's been there since the very earliest days. You know, and if someone's not needy, and you're not needy, then I think that's both attractive to people, um, and also um, for people that you know that maybe aren't so self-possessed. You know, that that's quite an impressive. That's an, that's something that they don't understand quite how someone can just be perfectly self-contained and, and, and well, it's you. not the nor it's not the it's the not normal behavior mm. when you consider the the way families interact and and develop you know in 
in our local area. I mean, yeah. very much, uh, you know, the, in the traditional sense, people mm. stay closer together because we're yeah. close knit families, and yeah. you know, people will travel for holidays. They won't yeah. travel, you know, but they'll come back. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that was ju- it was it was new information that they were trying to have to. Yeah. absorb and it's yeah it's quite funny that it came true later on in life and i've ended up ended up here yeah i mean yeah it, it's just the way it's worked out yeah oh yeah um, i mean you're not couldn't be further away it's not like you're fulfilling a prophecy it's not like you've actively gone oh listen to that story and oh i'll move away i mean it clearly wasn't because of that at all but that's that's kind of mind-blowing that they would say that from such a young age all right so um where, where are we in? Okay, so let's let's go back because song three is looming in my uh, in my in my conscious mind, and it's and it's hard to uh, hard to approach it uh, without the sort of deference that it, because it's in our story in the in the story of our friendship, it's 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 one of the kind of I would I would have been so disappointed if this wasn't on your list, you know, this song, um, and you know I'll. I'll just I'll give you again I'll give you the floor to uh, to talk about this but I will just say because you said um, so what we're talking about is Freebird by Leonard Skinner um, and I'm going to quote you from your memories of growing up in Gidea Park and mateship if we had formed a band we we would have written a song like this <laughs> love that I love the way you put that I was so desperate for you to play drums in, in, in my nascent band, in my imaginary band in my head. I just met, I remember you lying on your floor, uh, you know, air drumming to this and going, oh, please, please, please get a drum kit, please, because I just want so desperately to be in a band with you. Uh, and I think you were humoring me, you know, to an extent, because you knew that I wanted that as well. Um, but, it, but it's become um, a very important song for us, hasn't it? It has. Oh, my goodness. I mean... I wonder another one of those crossroads moments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. I loved. I've always loved the drums. I mean, I've mm. got absolutely mm. zero talent with singing. Um, I think I've been booed off a karaoke stage before as well. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, yeah. No, we had a we had a work one, oh, yeah. and um, somebody we're actually doing a group a group song, mm. and somebody just said. Who is that singing? Oh no! And everyone oh, no. stopped singing, and I, I kept singing, and, oh, they, no. and, and they realised it was me. And um, oh, you know, out of like story. you know twenty city boys having a sing song, I was no. clearly the worst. And I, I just thought, yeah, actually they're right. <laughs> I was, oh, I was heartbreaking! I think it was the wrong song for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's outside your range. Yeah. Um, Hold on, but you, sorry, to, but just on that, you were in the school choir because I mean, because Gav and Tot and and Chrissy Thomas and Kurt Jenkins, I think, were all booted out. Uh, Thomas Delamain, I think, as well. But you made it, so you made it through the audition process. Well, so Thomas could, Delamain probably wasn't at school for the audition; he was probably <laughs> off doing something else. Where, <laughs> Thomas, if you're listening, um, you. but I look. I mean, the story about the the school choir and yes, your, what please. you're referring to here, primary is school, Park, yep. um, junior school. We had to line up in the school hall yes. and Mrs. Reynolds um, right. walked we had to, and, and sing yep. and Mrs. Reynolds walked along from boy one all the way up to people one, all the way up to the end of the line and she would 
just check that everyone's singing in tune. <laughs> remember, and she she got to me <laughs> and she sort of hovered there for a bit. <laughs> she could have gone And I kept way. singing and she was really unsure. <laughs> and I think it was only on account of others being so bad. <laughs> she probably got that she thought yeah. that I was that was the last one through the door. Right, right, right. And um she, maybe she heard Gav next to you or something and uh Maybe. Wow. Maybe. So and did. so I, I got in, but I don't think I got in because of any merit whatsoever right. um, but on the other hand I think I probably could have turned myself into a, a, an okay drummer because yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, the, the beats to me mm. seemed a lot clearer than other you know, aspects of, of music and um, and look yeah, it's one of those th- I, I, I should have done it shouldn't I I should have just oh, yeah. gone and purchased yeah, just, some, some well, drums or taken yeah. some lessons or did whatever outlay. I had to do because um, I mean I do enjoy the drums and yeah. and of course I had to it, it it would have would have been cool oh, to be in a to be in a so band so cool with your best mate and, and all of that you know uh, yeah there's the expense there's the, I, I can't imagine Russ would have really enjoyed you know your uh, your preliminary <laughs> drumming um, exploits, but you know, you you talk about um, you mentioned about you know the the place we grew up and what it was and what it wasn't. It was if you think back, and I asked you about live music, it was a complete desert in terms of live music. Right? There was like, did you know anyone that was in a band, or where was the nearest live music venue? Like, you know, it just didn't exist, right? And we're talking about, you know, a time in the world when live bands were were king, but but it was just this kind of. So I, I was so desperate for you to play drums, and you know, we we'll worry about getting a bass player later on and all the rest of it, because there was, you know, I just thought, wow, I'd love to play music with you, but it just didn't, it just didn't exist. Well, I mean, I was, ex- you know, thinking back, I was exposed to you know, your your love of of music and. Theatre, um, <laughs> you were you were always yeah, acting, um, oh whether it be on stage or <laughs> yeah, whether it be in social circles. You just you were good at it. You liked it. It was you, it was one of your things. And just keep myself amused. And um, and then the then the the rock music. And yeah. I always made a point of yeah, trying to trying to put it down as much as possible because secretly I was okay with some of it. Yeah. And then and then. You 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 had me listen to this song, and mm. I just thought, mm. I really like this song. It's yeah. great. I yeah. mean, it's it's to me, it's more than one song. It's yeah, just yeah. got yeah, it is. It, yeah. It's one of those songs, and I think I, I shared before as well, like a bit like you know Stairway, yep, and a yep. bit like Bohemian. Yep, it's yep, it's yep. got like it, it's a story for mm-hmm. me. Yep. And uh, and and I see links with the other types of music I like because it. It's a builder, mm. and mm-hmm. and it just kicks off. And yeah, I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. those elements are the same elements that I enjoy with the other types yes. of tunes yes, that I've of liked. That I've also chosen. It it it's a journey, and and yep. I find <clears throat> Freebird is is one of those songs. And it's it was you know, it, it, it even though it's on a number three, it was, it was number one. <laughs> The first one down, it was the banker, yeah, and um, yeah. look, maybe maybe me on the drums and 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 you on the guitar yeah, did have some did have some credibility about it. But what I do want to make sure of is that 
yeah, my kids get a chance yeah. to, to play the drums yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. just to see if they like it because if they don't like it, then I'm going to jump on. <laughs> yeah, get, why not just get my kids? It's not too late, is it? Is it too late? Silly cause. Yeah. And you've got, you know, I was going to say that, you know, we'll come to your, your DJing career later on, but um, I remember, you know, many times <clears throat> standing at your decks and, and you know, you explaining rudiment to me how to do a rudimentary mix and having to um, obviously line up the tempo and the beats because you can't have one song going it's got to be perfect otherwise it just jars and so if you didn't have an innate rhythmic ability that you couldn't do that so you clearly have that in you to be um you know to be able to to count a beat and to do it at the right tempo um i mean that um that's my memory is that i you know there was plenty of music you know the, the widley guitar stuff was a joke between us the steve Vai and my my green guitar plectrum and all the rest of it but um I remember playing different songs, hoping that something would stick, you know. Um, and I just remember when you when you went, this is, you know, loving that you loved it and I loved it as well. And, and so we listened to it over and over. But that um, that sort of, uh, I, I hadn't thought about the parallel with Freebird and, and those songs that go up and down. Mm. And, and the way that you do a, a dance set, the way that, you, you know, you take the take all the bass out of something and, and take it right down and then come back up. It's 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 not it's not a million miles away, is it? I hadn't thought about that. I see similarities between it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, when I was trying to piece together, yeah, you know, it, all of this is a musical journey, really, through different ages. And um, yeah. and I thought there was there there was there was a link. They were joined up. Mm. Yeah, not yeah, mm-hmm. in some way. And I thought that. Yep. Um, now, that was probably one of the reasons why out of all of those really great Steve Vai records that you used to play <laughs> and, and and even to your Rod Stewart, which you still love to this day. Oh, I love early Rod. I love and, early um, Rod. and I thought, but this 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 one was a standout yeah, from the yeah. crowd and um yeah. you know, I, I tolerated the the other stuff. Yeah, you did um, tolerate it. You know, I'd, I'd I'm not sure you ever really tolerated yeah. Joe Satriani and Steve Vibe. Joe Satriani, I was thinking, yeah, that was the other one, Joe yeah, Satriani. You were a fan. Yeah, no, it was just um, I, I didn't get it. No, I get. I no, I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. But um, but that's not to say I didn't like the the guitar mm. solo mm. um in other songs. But yeah, but I mean, this, but Freebird's a little bit sort of toned down. I mm. think. I think it's an intelligent song. Yep. Um, it's actually got that. I mean, it starts with. Um, I don't know if it's Hammond. I think it, we'll listen now. But you just mentioned the Hammond organ in in the Charlatans, mm. um, and what was the other? And, and you you said as well another song that's got the Hammond in it. Uh, well, the, the, well, I was talking about the Doors. The Doors, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And 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 again, so maybe that's a maybe your your musical brainstem is uh, is triggered a little bit by the sound of a, a Hammond organ as well. Maybe that's a consistent thing for you. And I did, I did learn the electric organ did you when i was um 11 10 did you 10 and 11 yeah God, i did i had I an i had that. an organ um at home and i used to wow. used to have uh, private lessons i did not i did there you go yeah so no memory of that that was the mu- that what? was the instrument i chose to when, learn music in balgors or in balgors yeah huh yeah we okay. had it in our in our dining room. What like a a stand like a, a big one like a with a, with a couple of rows of keys or just single single row of keys? Um, I think it had uh, two rows. Wow, of keys, yeah. 
And I learned that for a couple of years and, you know, didn't take it any further, but I could, I could read music and right. play songs. Bloody hell. All right, well, then maybe it's not too late for us because you could do the, uh, the, the, the intro keyboard part of Freebird. <laughs> drums right. and keyboard. Drums I'll, and do, keyboard. I'll do drums and keyboard. <laughs> okay.
fades out. How many times you you how many times you you've listened to that? Oh, I could. <laughs> hundreds. You know, yeah, hundreds. Yeah. It's interesting. We were, so we were talking about um, your son Will and and, and his his uh, interest, obviously, and and you know, hopefully, aptitude for playing music, interest in and play, playing instrument. But it is, you know, like you mentioned, having you know organ lessons and that, and I, and I think it's so very important to not put children off of music, you know, because I think it's pretty changed a bit. And YouTube's amazing, like you know, whatever. If I'm preparing for a gig, there, there's some Chinese kid. 13 years old who's done this amazing video that show you exactly you know how it's played and all that and you know when we went to school there was this bloody recorder thing wasn't it some obviously some government person decided that all children should be exposed to music and so we all got those bloody recorders in the little cloth bags it doesn't really light a fire does it you know have you still got your recorder I think I think Pat Nails, yeah, I think it's I think it's well I know that had a big clear out actually for a load of me stuff out. Most of my sugar on. How do I say that word? Sugar on? Is that right? Got me all self conscious about they threw away all, all my football trophies. Oh, really? Can you believe that? All of them. No. Like they might kept, they kept one and it wasn't even it was like <laughs> Clubman of the Year or something. It was this embarrassing one they give, you know. Uh, that's, that's not on. I know. Of all the of all the I things know. to clear, I mean, that would be an easy one to to keep aside, wouldn't it? The trophy, yeah, trophy well, board, the trophy cabinet, probably. Heath Park you know. under nines, you know, championship, nineteen eighty one or whatever it was when we when we did the business. But um, get yeah, but it's not about me. Um, what was I oh yeah, so so the way that music comes here, so I sort of feel like now our children, and not just if you've got you know several guitars or whatever, like I have but it, it it's possible to you know just hook children on music without it being this chore you know you have to learn how to read you have to learn little brown jug you know uh, london's burning or, or or whatever when you want to play like Jimi hendrix or 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 you know ray manzarek from the doors or, or wherever it is it was uninspiring, the the recorder. I mean, yeah, I don't know why that... I guess it's an easy instrument That's to, That's to transport and to, and to pick up a few notes with. But, um, I mean, we had a, a funny a funny example of, um, sort of our kids getting into to music in some way, which is rather unexpected when we... I had the... I built this... Um, I built this... Um, um, cabinet at home because I had all my records they were just in, in the record bags and I yeah, just thought yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to get them out on show so mm. um, and my my decks had been on the just in the box and yeah. you know, we'd we'd moved house and which is, previously they have been one? out which is going, so this, going but, to Bondi from from um, from uh, uh, Paddington this is exactly to Bondi from Paddington so mm. the decks had previously been out, bit yeah. of a party house, yeah. um, and then we moved, and and you know they just got sort of left in a box, and I thought, right, definitely going to undertake this little project yeah. of uh, building uh-huh. uh, a decent display for them, and so I I did all my measurements because when you have the decks out, you know they've got to be on exactly the, the right height. And um, a couple of Greek men just coming to view. Yeah, what are they doing? Um, so anyway, so I built I built this 
cabinet and then I put the I've got the deck set up and mm. all the records on the show and then um I was I came home from where I was a Friday night and I just put just a couple of like the the more mellow songs on mm. and I think they had a, um and then the the kids came home and immediately they were they were onto the beat so they mm. went into the the kitchen drawer and they picked up um some wooden spoons <laughs> and I think it was a cheese grater and right. They were they were banging them and then they banging the cheese grater yeah, with the spoon and then them. they went and found there yeah. the, we had some rackers we had some we had oh, a little great. tambourine yeah, in their yeah, little yeah. toy room yeah. so they brought those out yeah. so they're playing along to the music mm-hmm. with their percussion mm-hmm. and and singing as well so we hold the sort of wooden spoon up to yeah. to, the, to the mouth as yeah. the as the microphone and yeah. then they would be singing into that that's great and they that's really great. enjoyed it yeah i can't see them getting the same enjoyment with a, a recorder recorder no although you did say violin so will's playing violin and that's i mean the jury's out on that as well because it sounds rotten when when well, it did when oh, i started playing it it sounded yeah, it's still the same sounded rotten but at least it's a real instrument at least you can see if you wanted to, you could see Stefan Grappelli or, you know, with insert orchestra here, you know, you don't see many recorder players um, and you certainly don't play air recorder generally. Um, but all right. So that, that was actually it was another question. Remember I said I was going to ask you, there's two questions it's different here. One was, um, I, I'm struggling to remember your house being one where there was music on. I remember radio in the kitchen you know, on the on the window ledge or whatever. But I, I don't remember Russ and Carol being, you know, having a s- stereo going very often. Or am I misremembering? Did they were they music fans? So you're talking you're talking about the the house we grew up in. Yeah, but in, I suppose mainly ba- mainly yeah. ba- mainly Balgors, not so much Repton. Like when you moved to, how old were you when you moved to that Balgors house? Like, yeah, well, I think um, <coughs> probably um, maybe five. Oh really? Oh yeah, because, yeah. Because, um, really? No, sorry, no, no sorry. Been... The the rep, yeah, the Repton or Leslie, yeah, the Repton or the Balgors house. Yeah. I think five just for starting school. For, yeah. Um, but no, there, there there was a record. There was a single turntable. Was it? Yeah, and um, and some huh. records. But the record collection wasn't it wasn't very big. But um, yeah. was there it, um was there a time uh, that they would. You know, Saturday nights they put no. the music on, or no, not not really. So yeah. no, you, 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 your memory is correct. It wasn't, it wasn't influenced by by music. Mm. Our upbringing, mm. like from the parents. Um, I mean, they 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 did like they loved to go and have a dance. Um, yeah. When we when we went out, um, you know, I'd, that, I'd be yeah. You know, I've got distinct memories. Of them doing that, and I used to really yeah. enjoy really? watching them have a good time. Yeah, I did. I thought it was great, but it wasn't like, yeah, you know, we had this sort of whole library of you know, vinyl or or cassette tapes, mm. and it was yeah you know, they were the music was constantly playing. So I can't say to you that yeah you know, I remember listening to certain types of songs or yeah. or genres growing up because so I don't it was more likely like the TV would be on sure or well one of them would be shouting at the other one <laughs> so there wasn't um so so there's no um like demonstry sauce doesn't trigger memories of being four years old or there, there wasn't a there wasn't albums that that really connect you with listening to your parents um you know apart from we're, we're going to come to when you went out and, yeah. and, and all that but at home there wasn't really a 
sort of, you know, ABBA wasn't the thing or, you know... Well, yeah, I mean, look, you, you, when did they grow up? I mean, they mm. grew up in uh, that such a great period oh of yeah, music. The best, the best. And they, um, yeah, the, uh, Dad loved the Stones. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he probably looked a little bit like Mick Jagger, oh, I, mate, I suppose. No, come Just on, that's the pop tiny, that's tiny po- bit. For everyone um, that doesn't know Glenn, he's... That's the other. Every time I see Mick Jagger, young Mick Jagger, I think of you. He's just this. Um, anyway, sorry, go on. That's he um, so he, I mean, he 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 so liked all that stuff. He yep. did, he it wasn't it wasn't part of the conversation. So he he didn't bring that his love of music mm. to our conversation and start to educate me. Yes, about you know, his experiences. Yeah, um, didn't Carol, say, listen to this son. This is this is album's going to change your life. No, I don't. I don't remember any of those examples. Yeah, um, yeah that would have been nice. I think yeah. if yeah. if he had have shared some of his insights, but you know, he's he's not that type of character. Mm. He's uh, he's he's generally quite secretive, <laughs> and keeps <laughs> keeps information close yeah, to his chest right. so i wouldn't expect that you know handing down that musical mm. um yeah, knowledge and experience down to me would have been high up on his list because he wouldn't he just probably wouldn't think about it but do you think he do you think it's that or do you think it's just that music's not that important to him well I, I, yeah it's it's hard to know you know what is important to Isn't him because yeah. um because yeah, it's we've never you know had that relationship where i could tell you these are the three Mm. most important things to my dad because it wasn't that type of relationship that we had back then or or Mm. even now and um yeah i mean like just disappointing Mm. i mean there there were things i would love to have understood more about and and learnt um, what is that? Not, like, not the case. What is that? Oh, I mean, well, let's go down this rabbit hole now. I suppose as good a time as any. It's, it's 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 just like it's just fascinating, isn't it? Like you know, you know, it's, it's just this sort of presence. I mean, it's not. Like, I mean, in those days, I think fathers were generally more removed, right, from the everyday. You know, it wasn't like they were. It wasn't like now where you're expected to be. You know, almost if you're not at work. You know, you're always engaged in what your kid's doing or whatever it is. But but he's sort of enigmatic character throughout out my child, at my um, experience of growing up with you. But it's interesting. I, I always imagine in my mind that you, I mean, because obviously you try and emulate your father in some way. And I'm sure for better or worse, you, you try to be the man that you see demonstrated to you. It's kind of inevitable. They're the main sort of male figure in your life. But... I always imagine that you had a much closer relationship, but I've heard you say this before that he's, he's kind of unknowable even even to you. I can't understand why or you know what he's gaining by that. Well, I think I think I think what it did was it, it generated conflict, mm. and I think what it also did was to make me into the 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 person I am today because I was conscious not to be like him in mm. being secretive and mm. withholding information i'm more i believe in transparency mm. and you know, more communication and the communication element was was lacking mm. and i think if he'd have you know, maybe you know, realized that and wanted to do something about it he could have used music as sure. a, a method to communicate because yes there would have been just as much listening 
as speaking. Absolutely. But he... Um, I mean, famously, that's, that's one of the magical qualities of music, isn't it? You put it on and, and you sort of... If, if you can't find the words, you go, listen, you know, this is yeah. what I'm trying to express or, or whatever. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen. <clears throat> um, and yeah, he he I, 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 he would have had a, a lot of experiences to share, but uh, yeah, partly partly because of the 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 culture back then as well. I mean, yeah. it, 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 he it would have been it would have had other priorities working, and yeah, um, yeah he was he was always there for, for me and yeah. uh, and the family, but. Um, yeah, well, we just, maybe maybe we just never got round to it, and yeah, maybe I didn't. Maybe I should have pushed it a bit more. But I think yeah, looking back, pushing it yeah, led to dispute, um, mm. and it was just very hard to uh, to overcome that that sort of that hard exterior. Mm. Um, yeah, not didn't want to let anyone in. Did Zoe, your sister Zoe, have you know any more success? Did she ever? approach it directly and and try and get him to open up and reflect and communicate and all of that yeah no, not not that i not that i recall i mean her her methods would have been a little bit um different to mine mm. to try and get that information um i think he he just um he he certainly listened to me i know that yeah, yeah and he probably took it away took some time to digest it mm. and then yeah, offered up a little bit more but mm. um but yeah on, on the music side of things i mean there was there was a whole there was a whole bunch of great musicians and bands that mm. you know if i'm thinking about it now i would have loved to have learned more about yeah. for my musical education then i could have had it you know taught to me right there he, yeah he, he did like a lot of the he liked all of, all of the famous bands so around like the in Stones. the sixties. He was like the Beatles. As he well. did have Rod Stewart yeah. albums. Yeah. Uh, I won't hold that against him. <laughs> um, did did he go to the Beatles? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he? Did he either with your mum or before go to live music? Go to gigs? Like, did you ever ask him? Like, did you go and see the Stones play? Or you know? No, like it was never. It was never on the agenda. I mean. Uh. Um, I mean, they were a very cool and fashionable-looking mm-hmm. couple. I've seen some old photos, mm. and um, they were very, very trendy. Yeah, he he was a mod. He um, oh. he had um, he used to you know, dress in the the mod clothes. He was very you know, very sharp dresser. Mm. Fashion was important, and that's the to first him, wave looking of mod good in, in the six, mid sixties. Kind of uh, like when when that when it first hit. So like the early days of the Who. Um, and, that, and then we're really into R, not what R and B has become, but you know what R and B, rhythm and blues used to be. So was was he into like stacks and Motown and and, and that kind of thing? You think the soul music? Or, don't I, know. I'm going to ask him. Yeah, because I I don't know the answer to that question. Gee. Yeah. So, but I mean, he, but was... he identified as mod or just a very sharp because mod basically is about the fashion and the music. Yeah, he was he was he was mod. Yeah. Um, he had his Vespa. He did. Yeah, yes. he had his um, wow. foxtail um, the whole tied to the wow. tied to the long to the aerial. aerial. Went the whole nine yards. Um, Carol used to ride on it. The mini skirt. Mini skirt and um, yeah. Wow. Heels. And Very um, cool. yeah, they used to 
to do that. So, Cause I mean, I'm sure music must have been in, if, if they were do, if they were doing that. Yeah. I'm just joining it together. Then yeah. there must have been Going the music dances. must have been involved somewhere yeah. along the line. Well, it was well. So they, they, they both they were. Uh, he was Ilford. She was uh, Ilford as, as well. Yeah. So they. I mean, you know, working class families. Um, Ilford, dad's side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dagenham mum's side mm-hmm. and I think I think the my dad's side moved to Dagenham as well so that was the, that's where the, the family roots are from yep. and you know still living in the local area mm. so I haven't really moved that far away just migrate along the Thames like so many of our uh, friends and relatives did yeah when that's they the, got bombed out probably from the east end it's the path that they all took and mm. then they, they kind of stopped and, um, and this will do us. Still, yeah, this is <laughs> still there now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, God damn, there's so much to talk about here. Um, I'm trying to organise it. All right. Let me. Let me. Uh, no, I think we'll come back to that. But uh, the other question I was going to ask, which is a night's move, kind of from what we're saying, is is I like to ask people how they hear music. And you've already you've already mentioned it, but just to make it, I think, just to, to close this uh, this particular line of thought. So. Broadly speaking, it seems to me that people are either lyric listeners or they're not. You know, they, they, some people, and I, it sounds like I'm always taking a mickey out or not having a go, but I see the kind of Leonard Cohen, uh, Tom Waits, the kind of, you know, they're possibly not great vocalists. You can argue about that, but they're very much about poetry and the, the, the content of the lyrics. And then there's people that just hear the music. And I know you've spoken a lot about the beat. So your specific question is really a lyric, something that you pay a great deal of attention to when you, when you hear, or is it, is it something that comes later on? Well, no is the answer mm-hmm. to that question. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not, not, not into the lyrics. Mm. I mean, to me, I, I hear the music I, It's the mm. beat I'm looking mm-hmm. for and the sound or, you know, we spoke about the organ, um, yeah, the drums. I, I'm listening for the the instruments yeah. and not really paying much attention to the lyrics. Yeah. So you know, Leonard Cohen, mm. just taking him as an example, and I've mm. never been into that sort of group of yeah. people that yeah. you know, liked you know that Leonard Cohen or. Mm. Um, so no, like lyrics to me, I I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't tell you the full lyrics of the songs yeah. that I really like because yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear them, but I'm it's not, interesting, isn't you know, it? I'm not, I'm not, re- I'm, I'm listening to it, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't recall them. No, it's the sounds. Um, the... I recall the sound easily. Mm. But you're not into yeah. Rod Stewart. See, I'm not, I'm well, not trying, you've brought him up a few times. I feel like I've got to defend old Rod, the mod. <laughs> he's, he's, cause there's, there's the kind of, I am sailing, you know, or even do you think I'm sexy disco rod, which, you know, whatever. But if you go back, I think what you're, when you, what you're referring to, it sounds like I'm defending myself here, is that I love the faces, right? You know, so when he was, when he was with um, Ron Wood and, um, um, oh my God, uh, Rob, um, Ian McLagan and uh, Denny, not Denny Lane. Oh dear. Anyway, that that Rod and the Jeff Beck group, and and when he was when he was a raw sort of rock and roll drunk kind of sloppy Rod, you know he he tied up his act, and you know countless hundreds of millions will say he probably made the right decision, but 
if you even is do you not even like his voice like the the, the nature of that raspy husky sort of voice yeah I find that I, I do I find the, the gravelly voice is a bit too yeah it doesn't resonate you with me and I, look I mean I just make it clear I didn't I didn't didn't come here to <laughs> to attack Rod I mean I, like I saw Rod the other day on, a, on I think it was on a, a Graham Norton and it oh. was um, I don't know how long ago that was recorded yeah. but I mean he's still he he's, looks amazing he's still right? going yeah, and he's, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a he's a cool dude he's so very that's cool a, so that's that's Good for him, yeah. but um, I wouldn't be buying any any rod. You're not gonna. I would like. I, I, well, but there's so much choice around the time that mm. that Rod was making his oh music, God, yeah. and yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know the earlier stuff. Maybe it's the more sort of you know, the later the later eighties yeah. and nineties stuff. It's hard I'm to probably like referring that. to, and it's like oh, with everything else that's available, why? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah just yeah. hang up your boots, mate. That's a very good. Yeah, it's a good point. And I, I mean, don't want to offend any Rod Stewart no, fans no, 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 in sure the hemisphere, but um, <laughs> it's your space station, mate. <laughs> um, no, no, you're, you're, you're right. Well, that kind of leads me to another question I'd like to ask, which is. I've got this sort of hypothesis about, you know, there's, there's almost like a, there's a, there's a period in your life, a bit like what we're talking about, where you've got all these crossroads that, that, that typically come and, and, it, and it, it's almost the same period, but the, the hypothesis is that there's this time, it's probably from about puberty to early twenties where you are ripe for music getting in right through the gate. And, and just hitting you hard in the gut, in the heart, in the head. And that music kind of stays with you forever. Um, you know, I think you said yourself, if you heard Freebird now for the first time, you know, would it have anything approaching the the, the, resonant, the relevance and the magic and the resonance for you? Um, you know, do you, and the question I suppose in all of this is, do you still at, at, at our... Um, age now at our time now occasionally find music that you really love that you've never heard before mm. well i tend to not listen to news new music new, mm. new songs so mm. um and you've got spotify that's your you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we have a lot of you know, French lounge music That's on repeat, right. yeah, which do, just really does irk me a lot. <laughs> so I've, I'm frequently <laughs> found just turning 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 off the Sonos, uh, and then get found out, and the Sonos goes back uh, on, yeah, and um, she loves get, a bit of French lounge. And she? yeah, I think I think she's probably had a bit too much of the rock side because it doesn't seem to affect some people listening to the same song over and over but there are some songs that i, I just um it's, it's it's the same it's it's you know when people read the same book over and over again or watch the same movie over and over again now i'm not that type of person i'll read the book once and i'll read watch the movie once and i'm okay unless it's a really great book or movie then i will read or watch again um on the music side of things I will normally be found yeah, for for new genres of music. I'll probably just not even bother listening to it in the first place, or mm. be very difficult to satisfy. Mm. Um, you know, at the moment I listen to a lot of classical oh, okay. music. What sort? And um, the radio. 
you like the so, I say, okay, so, it's a classic so, FM type so, stuff. So yeah, so ABC, <clears throat> classic <throat> FM. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you know, any any of the composers. Are you into um, the big orchestral pieces or more the the, the you know the smaller the string quartets? Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, big sort of. Um, marching mm. um, orchestra, you know, Brahms. No, not not oh, like not big, interested. No, like no, 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 not interested in that. And more you know, Mozart, Beethoven, direct, clear, yeah. and crisp, organized. Um, you know, German. That's the sort of thing that is. Just, I think it, I think it just comes along with just you wanted a bit of tranquility and mm-hmm. and peace and quiet and yeah i i sort of assign that so okay. the classical music rather and that's background than music though right you're background not, music you're not sticking it on no because you've got your deck set up now in the in in the in the main living area of your beautiful house but you wouldn't stick on a classical lp sit there even if the children would stop lobbing toys at your head for five minutes you wouldn't sit there and just absorb lose yourself in the music completely like that <clears throat> I think I would. I would. No, I would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, given the opportunity to do that, then I think that's. I think that's where I'm. Where I'm leading to mm. at the moment. I'd be more than happy to put some great classical music through the through the stereo. Yeah. And um, and enjoy. What I a- think that there's more of a frame <clears throat> of mind thing. Sure. Yeah. As in, you need to be in the frame of mind before you listen to it, rather than the music puts you in a certain frame of mind. Yeah, the latter. It's, mm. um, I think it will. It, it, it puts me in the right frame right. of mind. Right. That 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 style of music at the moment compared to the the French lounge music <laughs> on repeat. So that has the opposite effect. Instead of instead of making you serene and and winding down, it's actually starting to annoy you now because it's. Uh, is the French lounge music on? Yeah, yeah. yeah, some music just makes you irritable, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. brings out the Romford in you, doesn't yeah. it? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> literally, you try, you find your accent dropping into 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 Essex. Um, well, yeah. What what about um, <clears throat> just doing? Because um, famously, you're a you're a you're a man who likes to occupy himself with tasks. You know, where you always seem to be fiddling around with a toolbox. Um, you know, making me feel inadequate as a man, um, fixing some shower in the back area or putting some decking down. God knows what you do all the time. But you, you, you don't put... Because do you have the, do you have the um, Bluetooth um, noise cancellation headphones at all? Do you ever... I need I need to buy some. You do? I, I, oh, I don't have any. I need to. Like even, you know, my, my decks are still not set up properly because we moved house again. So I built this great space for them and, yeah. and then we moved so oh, I've, got a, about your decks I've got a I've got a I've got a build your actual your deck your record yeah I know decks. I've got a and I've decks. got a I've got to build so one of those so oh to, to house your record player to decks, house your techniques. those yeah. um but um I do yes the decks that I, I did my, I, I tested my carpentry yeah, I thought you were going to say that your deck needs more work I was going to say no. god almighty no outsource that now good yeah, Which yeah, annoys me. Um, when you um, so when you go shopping, which let's face it, for a middle-aged man with young kids, that is about the most mindful exercise I can think of. You go on your own to the supermarket, you stick on your noise cancellation, Bluetooth headphones. You've got your phone in your pocket with your. You don't do that. Driving, you know, you don't have your headphones on just to do tasks. No, every day. I'm going to have to get some some it. recommendations oh from God. from you because yeah. 
No, I mean to to me, like I'll give you an example. So, you know, you can buy you can buy the um the Apple Watch mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. know, Samsung one, whatever. And you know, I could you could go for a run and yeah. um just listen to music um without any of the chords and leads and and everything, which That's is it. which is great. But I I I just I just enjoy. Peace yeah, and right, quiet. Okay. When you when you ex, when you run specifically mm. and all that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that sort of translates into other <clears throat> areas where if I if I can get a bit of peace and quiet, yeah, then I, I don't need the music really um, okay. Okay. Yeah. to get in the way. And I think yeah. that's why the classical music's come in because it's it's kind of there, but it's sort of it's but yeah. it's in the, equally in the background yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and ironically, because we're doing a podcast here, I mean that. You know, and uh, you know the the um, the other thing. It sounds like I'm trying to do a sales pitch for Bose here, but you you know, listening to podcasts with you know no wires, just headphones on, um, I find enriches your life. You know, it's uh, I'm not saying listen to my one. You obviously should because it's amazing, but um, it doesn't even have to be music. You know, I'm, I oh, I can't believe you haven't got yourself you haven't got on the uh, Bluetooth. Headphones, bandwagon, I know, and all, all the gadgets I've got yeah, as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, thanks for pointing that out. I think nice. it's um, the whole interview's it's time been to leading up to this point. Change. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, looping back, we we did touch on your. I, I might I might go to because this blew my mind. The thought of Russ and Carol in a, a holiday camp, boogie into disco inferno. Um. <laughs> By the Tramps, I did not know it was by the Tramps, um, and I, I'd forgotten it was off the um, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Is that true? Yeah, apparently so. Um, so where does this I mean, take look, you? I think yeah, the you know back back to the back to the household. Mm. We um, mm. we yeah, there there wasn't the 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 musical education yeah. like you know passed down from yeah. from the parents, but they did. Yeah, they were they were fashionable, and they right. liked yeah they liked um, yeah they liked a lot of the popular music. I mean yeah, ABBA, they loved ABBA. Not um, scary. They love <laughs> yeah <laughs> they they loved and they lo- loved watching the TV and yeah. they loved um, yeah they loved the Travolta movies. Love, so yeah, we yeah, Greece yeah. was on all the Greece. time, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then the earlier stuff, yeah, Saturday Night Fever, yeah. and um, and, and my dad, you know, he, he he's he always he secretly fancied himself as being a, <laughs> a bit of a Travolta. Did uh, he? Yeah, did he? he did and on he, the dance he, floor? Yeah, he could. He, I mean, I've never seen him you know, pull off a lot of the you know, the Travolta moves, but he, 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 I could tell if he wanted to do it, he right. probably could have done. That was his internal and, dialogue. And Carol would have yeah, been there yeah. supporting him all the way. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and I could just see when they, when the songs, when we were out and, you know, I was just a little a young, you know, I was just a boy and I was watching them. Um, it, huh. it just triggered that, yeah. that sense of fun and excitement yeah, in, yeah. in both of them. So, yeah, yeah, you know, from watching movies with the disco music yeah. on the TV, yeah. and then taking that out to a public space where yeah. they could cut loose, right? A they bit. could express themselves on the dance floor. And I think for me, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, it, it's also yeah, it made me learn a bit about the the sorts of music, the sort sure, of music they liked, sure. and, and disco. 
I mean, if when you listen to a great disco song, do yeah. you just want to get up and dance? Yeah, so it's, it's this whole point. It's, it's interesting. So I'm, what I'm hearing really is that a young Glenn, perhaps um, exposed to some friction in the family household, and, and you know, you said they were shouting at each other, and like all family all parents do or whatever, but. Um, you know, and, and some discordance and maybe even some distance and all of that. But then you see them at the Pontins holiday camp cutting, move, you know, throwing exactly. shapes on the dance floor. And you go, oh, there's mum and dad having fun. There's there's the, you know, the fun side of Russ and Carol. Is, is that the kind of vibe? You... Yeah, like, yeah, great memories of that with um, yeah. them and, and their friends and, there was I and, and Zoe, my sister. We were you know, nurturing yeah. a, a, co- a Coca-Cola in, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the classic yeah. Coke bottle yeah. and, oh, and yeah. with a straw yeah. each. And, and, um, and suddenly they're, yeah, they're, the parents are off and they're mm. onto the dance floor and then they're just... Um, Obviously, they've had a little couple of drinks, couple I would drinks. imagine. And gin and tonic for Carol, probably. Gin and tonic for Carol, and yeah. She's got heels on. Yeah, yeah, the ladies never went to the bar. The men, it was always the men oh, yeah. going no. to get the drinks. No, no, you're not allowed to. And um, and then the men would be yeah, drinking, the dads would be drinking the pints. Of course. And then, and then suddenly, they'd, they'd all head off and, and have <laughs> a dance, <laughs> and the kids would be left alone. Um, just nursing their drinks yeah. and, and watching the parents and um, buzzing from sugar and it was funny I, I, it was uh, yeah. it was happy yeah, yeah it was um, yeah. I mean what's a holiday meant to be yeah, right? you're yeah, meant to yeah. just forget about your day to day existence yeah. and they did that and, yeah. I, and I enjoyed I enjoyed being part of it now this is I, you didn't mean so yeah I'm, I'm going to get you to explain because I you know because I went to the same I had the same ex- yeah, not the same experience, but um, I went to Ponting's holiday camps as well, and Butlins, you know. Um, I don't think, well, they probably do exist in a different way now, I suppose, but I want want you to explain in a minute what exactly that was. And this was, so what you said about Saturday Night Fever, um, Disco Inferno, I remember this song for two reasons. The movie was popular with my parents, and my dad, dad fancied himself as Travolta, you said that. Secondly, family holiday memories at Ponting's holidays. This was the reason... Why the parents rushed to the dance floor and left their kids nursing a coke, watching their moves. So that's what you said. Um, I mean, I it struck me then that there was that little group, wasn't there? It was the Reeds and the Hastings. Is that right, Gavin Hastings? And you had little their, well, their parents were all friends. Is that is that true? Did you all go? Yeah. To... Well, Gavin Hastings played rugby for Scotland, but Gavin Hodges <laughs> went to to Pontins. And um, oh, that Gavin. Okay. And um, he. <laughs> He, um, Gavin Hodges did not play rugby in Scotland. <laughs> no, he, he didn't. He was, on that one. No, he didn't, unfortunately. Um, I don't think he even played for Coopers, did no, he? No, yeah, he, 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 I don't think rugby was his talent. No, but no. Um, he he was a great mate at the time. And yeah. and with the Rooks and, That's uh, right, the, Rooks. and the Hodges, we Steve had a, a good a good little network of, of young friends there. What was their... How did... Those fam, your families all become close in the first place. Well, that that was a product of where we <coughs> lived. So we in all Hornchurch. grew up close to each other in the same area in Hornchurch. Before you came, before you moved to Kitty Park, wasn't it? it was that, yeah, that was friends from yeah. There. Okay, and then we all yeah, moved out from from Hornchurch just um, just before we all started um, junior school, yep. infant school back then. Um, but those early years, we used to play out on the street. In, on our bikes, you still remember all that as well. Yeah, yeah, wow. I remember learning on the on the budgie, 
That was my oh, first ever yeah. bike. Um, oh, budgies, like a you could wheel those really like gold easy. gold colour. Yeah. If you sat too far back, it would just basically flip up. Yeah. Used to brilliant. Love the budgie. Yeah. Um, used to ride around on that, and um, and of course all the kids played out on the street. Yeah. And we got to know each other, and then the parents got to know each other probably from the kids speaking to each other first of all. And, and this then, is the estate on the, on the old near the old air um, air. Um, so what I'm trying to say the airgrounds. The, the airfield. Airfield. Yeah, airfield. that's the one around there. Yeah, so the airfield the is the um, that's 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 the location we got to know each other, and then we started you know, going on holiday together. And and people might be familiar with the, I think Butlins were probably the first mm, ones that yep. came along. You know that sort of post-war mm-hmm. type, you know, holiday camp and um, pontoons were just just enough. That's right, <laughs> and um, and it was. It, it it was fun. Yeah, like we stayed. Awesome, we man. it was um, we we just stayed in 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 chalets and yeah, um, yeah. they're all the same. And it was just you know, pretty basic, but it was um, there was so much to do. Yeah, the kids, yeah, yeah. basically, we didn't we didn't see the parents you right. know, for the the whole time. God, you know, through, throughout yeah. throughout the day, we were off doing our thing. We were with the. We're meeting up all the other kids. We were yeah. on bikes, um, playing football, and the parents Great did their idea. thing. Yeah. And we're all yeah, safe environment, and and then we'd meet up in the evenings. And Have we'd, a big, we'd eat. There'd be like a big, uh, usually canteen, right? There was just an enormous. Uh, the ones I went to, I remember just being a massive communal eating area, mm. like a bit like school dining hall almost just, just and then and then there was always entertainments right uh, you know before as you said like the kids would be I mean, thinking now as well it's like club i've never done club med but apparently it costs an arm and a leg and it's like glorified pontins ain't it you go to you go to these resorts and the kids get activities it's let's face it it's a way for parents to have a break from their children you know no disrespect but you know we all we've all been there right we go for, you know, just it's it's a genius idea genius because idea. it as a you don't need to have all the bells and whistles no. as, as as a kid. You just want to have your mates around you yeah. and uh, activities and toys and you know luxury is just it's not something know, that you take notice of or pay attention to you don't care do you and you just want the simple pleasures yeah and and and, and, and we it? we enjoyed all of that and I, and i've got great memories of it i mean in the evening yeah we'd all eat together mm. and um there'd be cabaret there'd be singing competitions yeah, yeah, yeah i remember zoe got on stage and um, oh, really? she competed in the, wow. the singing competition. That's surprising. Yeah, she did. Um, she did a great job up there. Gosh, on the I, stage. I thought she'd be too shy for that. Yeah, well, she didn't give her a microphone, and she ah. yeah, she surprises. Should have got yeah. up last night. Yeah. Um. I yeah. God, it's hard to like, you know I, what I'm thinking about with that as well is that you know the, so they were as, as you said they were they were sort of I think post Second World War they they built these things and and it was basically you moved our families from a terraced house to tiny terraced boxes, you know, the, the uh, chalets. And I, I sort of think now it's, it's, when did I become a snob? You know, like when, when did that become unacceptable to me to do something like that? Um, and just be frustrated by people all around me or whatever else. Cause you're right. When you're a kid, 
It's the best thing in the world. You got you got you know knobbly knees contests by the swimming pool. You know, then you've got trampolines and you've got you know, you name it. Um, which, which which holiday camps did you go to? Do you remember? Yeah, we used to. Um, not I mean, not too far away. A couple of hours away, Hailing Island. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Essex still sort of. Hailing no, no, you no? think of Canvey Island? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm no not, we don't want to. We don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't think they have problems. Yeah, um, oh, Port, uh, sort of Portsmouth. Um, oh, haven't okay, okay. area down, down, there. down there. Yeah, and um, we used to yeah drive down, and um, I think maybe maybe Isle of Wight. So you went well. to a, maybe, a few different ones. One. You so, went to yeah, I think we're probably across. Yeah, the period of five years, yep. we used to travel to a few. Yeah, yeah. And um, wow. just just had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd always have, you'd have ready-made friends because you, you always went with the same families, did you? You, you sort of went as a group? We'd, we'd go, we'd, yeah, we'd always go with the, the families yeah. and um, and meet other kids there yeah. as well. Meet lifelong friends there yeah, after, after yeah, spending yeah. a week with them. A week, them. yeah, you're never going to forget And yeah, unfortunately, we probably never hooked up again, but yeah. you would make, friends after yeah, yeah. the first hour or two yeah yeah and um it was it was a lot of fun um even if it was raining we'd enjoy it and you remember can you see very clearly a lot of those uh, those scenes and those people that you met and yeah okay images of um of the past yeah i can recall that when you said because i wasn't i saw i sort of vaguely knew but about you but you know, you don't seem you're not someone that obviously lives in the past, not not in that sort of maudlin sense. But when you said that you could remember riding your bikes around outside your first house, I think some some of us are blessed or, or cursed with, you know, just that kind of that kind of um, what do you call it? Like a you know, like a almost like a rabbit trap memory where once it's in, it's in, and you can see things. Like you speak to sorry, bring him up again. You speak you speak to Gavin. He's He's forever saying, "I don't remember that." You know, I'm I'm pulling out all these memories, and he and he just doesn't remember. But you obviously do hold on to hold on to memories. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about memories here from when I was, you know, maybe four mm. and five. Yeah, um, you know, I can recall the playing in the street, and I can mm. remember some of the other kids. Um, you know, clearly remember the. The, the house and I can mm. clearly remember packing up the car to drive down to these these holiday camps yeah. and you know, even some of them I can remember the you know the the, the cabins where we stayed right. yeah and yeah. um and just you know a bit of the yeah the 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 site that we that we stayed in um and even when I've I've seen old photos as yeah, well, some yeah. old like Polaroid yeah. photos that I've been shown. Yeah. Uh, even like the outfits that I was made to wear. I mean, some of them like you know, there's lots of brown and yeah, and, was, and it was a big brown decade, really, wasn't really it? Really, like trendy stuff for yeah, the you time. Were, you were always very smartly dressed, good, and um, you yeah. know I can remember some of those, some yeah. of the clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I see them again on the photographs. God, we've got to cover clothes still. We've got um, to cover your clothes. God, we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. Oh, you know, do you have, have you, you know, that, the whole idea of memories is fascinating, isn't it? The, the, you know, and, and I've heard the theory that memories are, you know, what you do over time is remember the memory. You, mem you remember the re remembering of the memory. You know, yeah, that's how memories are sustained. But, you know, that thing about, 
you know, how people just bloody document their lives now on phones, you know, even if they're not posting, posting to social media, um, you know, there's that concern that, you know, our kids won't remember running around this morning picking up the chocolate Easter eggs. They'll look at the photos and the video of it and that will become their memory, you know? And um, I think that's, that's kind of sad. It's kind of romantic, isn't it? To just delve back into that feeling that you're going down that motorway on your way to the holiday. No one's taking a photo of that, you know? No one's, no one's uh, filming you know, pulling in at a petrol station or, or anything else. It's just it's just locked in there somewhere, you know, it's all in there. I love that. Yeah, well I, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to 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 understand if they can um can remember the, the real what? live event yeah. rather than what's on the contained on the device. I mean yeah. um in that ever expanding hard drive that's in this weird thing called the cloud now. The cloud, yes. What the hell that is. Yeah, I don't know. It's in the sky somewhere. <laughs> That's right. right like, like God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let's. Uh, my God. Oh, damn, man. This was always going to happen. This is song. Th- did you say? Th- no, this is song four. Four. Okay. This is not bad. Not bad. So this is. We've got a uh, Carrie, Russ and Carol on a 1970s, probably a sprung wooden dance floor. Proper, proper. Um, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call the ballroom dancing oh, floor? Yeah. Probably. Uh, throwing some shapes the disco inferno oh my god here we go
it's not the motivation for doing something. It's the motivation for not doing something. Like, why wouldn't you? You know, and you could probably, you could probably say the same thing for, you know, sport, career choice, um, you know, girlfriends or, you know, whatever. I don't know if it was a, you know, are we just, you know, I guess it's, is it a generational thing? Are we going to let them off the hook and say it was just a generational thing? Um, or is their perspective different? Would would our, would he say, you know, would our parents say, would your dad say, I, I remember talking to you about, you know, um, Rolling Stones. And my, you know, we just don't remember or something, you know? I just, I just think it's, I, I think it's the art of communication. I just yeah. think, I just think that everyone you know, in my household, you know, they had their, they had their role, father, mother, children, and those communication channels weren't as, as connected mm. as they could have been. The mother and the father, okay, mm. they were, but the, the father and the son or the father and the daughter, were probably the least developed mm. of those communication channels because the father had, you know, more important things to to focus on in like in, in, in their mind. Yeah. Well, providing uh, you know, yeah. food and shelter and all well, those, you know, yeah. the basic commodities. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that there sh- that that should have been, um, yeah. In, instead of communicating yeah and sharing and being part of the 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 children's um sort of growing up experience i mean yeah from my growing up, up experience they yeah the, my my parents were always there mm-hmm. for me yeah, the whole time hundred percent they <clears throat> were they they provided the security and and mm-hmm. love uh, all the time but yeah looking back on it a bit deeper then then maybe there could have been more just sitting around and having a conversation mm. and each having your time on the floor mm. to explain you know, what you like, what you dislike, mm. just having or having a debate. And, and we never did that. And mm. I think that's where we could have learned more from each other. Was there common probably, meal times? Was there like a dinner where you all sat down at the table together? Yeah, of course. <coughs> yeah, we did. Well, that was the opportunity for that then. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't... I don't and maybe this is just a product of my memory, but mm. um, I don't recall it being a time that we that we shared experiences. It was more mm. a case, right? We now we need to eat because it's that time. Tell you was on a case. Well, unfortunately, later mm. on, yeah, the TV did become That's it, the yeah. focal point. Yeah. And yeah, when TVs, you know, when you could buy the the portable. Mm. TV mm. and we, we 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 had them in our bedrooms and yeah, we, we had one in right, the kitchen right, and it, yeah. where we ate our meals and yeah. you know uh, so what you what you do is you just um you just stare at a box yeah and I yeah. think and I think those <laughs> those early memories for me now um have have really had an impact because. Yeah. I can't stand the TV. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I'm really yeah, anti. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just, just staring at a box for, unless it's going to serve a purpose and add value. Yep, yep, yep. And if you, yeah, if you're, um, if you look at it like that, if you, it is staring at a box. You know, whatever's on it, it's, it's a very passive exercise, isn't it? It's uh, a very. I mean, you could call it in some way. You know, people 
it's like drinking, I suppose, isn't it? De-stressing or relax. People say always say relaxing, but you're not somebody, you know, like I said before, you know, I was joking, but I meant, I meant it was a serious point that when, whenever you go to your house, you're to be found usually doing some sort of a task. You're not one for just sort of sitting around and lounging. It's not something that seems to come very uh, uh, naturally to you. I'm going to make a make it a point of lounging more. Is that, <laughs> is like that a resolution? Is it? No, I th- I, I, there's nothing I wrong think with so. lounging for a, for an hour or or however long's needed to read a book. But yeah, mm. sometimes it it doesn't. Um, yeah, it it just just doesn't happen. Yeah. But um, but look, I think I think you know what what holds us together as as humans and what 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 bonds our relationships. It's mm. communication. Mm. And I think we can't overlook that because mm. we need to speak to each other. Um, we don't need to to have our faces in devices oh all of the time. I mean, it's just it's just just that it's that transition from staring at the TV yeah. when you were having your meals yeah. to now probably. I mean, having your phone at the table. It's incredible. And checking yeah. emails or watching something on YouTube or playing a game. I mean, yeah. it's um. Yeah, that's where we're at. Oh, you got to be so. We got. I mean, I, yeah. I think we've got to be careful. I don't want it to be this an interview that that's, that becomes in my day or whatever. You know, and everyone knows. Everyone says essentially the same thing about screens, right? Everyone's aware of it, but it's almost like we're powerless as a as a human race. We're powerless to stop the march of the machines. You know. Um, anyway, okay, but that. that oh, what was like? You just gave. Oh man, I don't want to lose this because there was a there was a thought. Oh man, what was it now? Oh, what a shame! There was something I was going to nights move to something else with this with this gossamer link. There was a tiny little link. It wasn't the next song either. Well, just while you're just while you're thinking mm, about that, what, 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 what was what was funny for me, like watching you as soon as Disco Inferno came on, <laughs> is that you said I generally don't like disco music, and then as soon as it came on, you looked it's, really happy. You started <laughs> smiling, and then you started tapping your leg yeah, and uh, nodding your head. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah, and I was thanks. doing exactly the same as yeah. well um yeah no this, it not. does it does it does definitely uh fulfill that sort of uh place in 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 the world doesn't it to put a smile on your face move your body you know i don't know i just remember too many discos <laughs> from the 70s with bloody you know cooling the gang or whatever and nothing against them but you know that when you said you said the the brass and the strings and that 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 sort of um yeah it's not about me um, <laughs> oh, God damn it! What was it now? Was it something I said about? Yeah, uh, I don't know. We were talking about uh, uh, communication. Around, and, yeah, well, you you probably had a picture of the the family household sort of sitting mm. there in silence, watching uh, watching the TV over a, a meal that Carol would spend ages you know, preparing. Mm. Wasn't school. Um, wasn't clothes. We were going to come back to clothes. We did mention clothes briefly as a yeah. When I was a young boy, I mean, I sort of feel like I need to tell. I need to, for posterity, tell the story about the the fag ash on your on your brand new uh, Deodoras when we went to you know, on a football tour to Germany. But is that too painful an experience to well that record was, for posterity? That or? was disappointing because was, I had my new Deodoras. I think they had kangaroo skin. Like you think, or the, you, well, I think that, that the front part of them suede, had a mate, was suede. Was it uh, okay? That's what that's the problem, you see. Yeah, famously, a, suede is difficult mm, to clean, right? And um, that was important to me. And you, you, 
you, you didn't you thought it was funny no i no i take issue with that i was very supportive i i Say what you want about my... You thought it was... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the, the holy grail of trainer. Uh, yeah, true. Um, no, no, no. Had no. a slight imperfection. Okay. Well, there was that... The, the issue is I obviously am a, a respecter of trainers. You know that. I mean, you can't grow up in Romford and not love a good white trainer, white leather trainer. But say what you like about me. My, my, my uh, compassionate trigger is to see a fellow human, especially a friend, in distress. And while it while it may have seemed to you callously over the years that I've told the story with relish, the truth is I remember sitting with you, with you for a long time in that room in, in Germany while you worked on the, on the little fag stain on your brand new trainers, you know, and, and I, in my memory, I was a bit of a hero in batting away less compassionate members of our group um, who might have been, you know, seeking to uh draw some some humor from the situation yeah yeah no i i i i i hear you um <laughs> you you understood the the distress I hear what you say <laughs> you, you understood the distress i was going through. i was very particular about my yeah. my clothes and my appearance and uh, well, any, you, you, are any a sharp, mark, you are a sharply yeah. dressed man let's, well let's I mean, be honest less i mean that's it's important to me i yeah. think it's always been um always been you know, drawn to 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 close and just mm. i just get yeah it's, it's a good it's a good feeling getting you know getting some nice new gear and mm. and i think the trainers uh 13 maybe was i 13 or 12 yeah early we um so it was our first heath park juniors trip to europe and the funny thing about the the football when we're talking about soccer here mm-hmm. um and yeah we were terrible we were we were not a very good team against no. English sides. I remember. Well, hold on, but hold we on. were unbeaten in Europe. We were unbeaten in Europe. We, and nobody scored a goal against us. We just seemed to yeah. play so much better beyond ourselves yeah. when we travelled. Yeah, we did. All so, right. um, but we didn't. We couldn't quite. No, I'm taking issue with that first part of that statement. We were okay. Well, here's what happened. We were in the we 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 were in the second division, and we 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 won that division but then when we went up into the top division with you know Romford Royals a team I went on to play for and all of that who basically that was the division that all the scouts were picking kids out of to go and play for professional clubs and that then we did not have the same success because we we weren't that good but in the in the next in the division down we we did well we just weren't in the top flight it was a, it was a tough season against those teams. Yeah, the Robert Rawls were great, and yeah. they did have a couple of players that went on to play professionally. Well, Ian and captained England for God's sake, you know, England schoolboys. There you go, Tottenham and all that. Pegasus, I think they yep, were another yep, good yep. side. Lee Fullin went on, and Danny, Danny Batono um, went on from Pegasus to play for professional clubs. A load of them did. So mm. quite a good standard, mm-hmm. looking back on mm-hmm. it. But we did well in Europe, and and um, <laughs> is, is that the just we're talking about the the trainers? Um, yes, yes. And they were probably purchased new, especially Ted for Ditchman's. that trip. Mm. Um, I'm wondering whether that's where the fancy thief it was came yes. well, along as well. Was he? He was in wanna, Germany. Do you want to put the record? You, you know, you say it was Kurt Windybank. Do you want to once and for all tell me what happened with the with the thieving of the the Fanta bottles? Well, I, I can't remember exactly ah. what led to it, mm. but suddenly 
the Fanta went missing and it appeared in my room. Oh, it's a plant. And somebody stitched me up. And I tell you now, it wasn't me. I'm not the Fanta thief. <laughs> okay, for I the did, record. I did not take it. Once and for all. Somebody. Someone else. And I think it was James Graham. Oh, interesting. Because mm. he lives across from mum and dad now. Yeah. Oh, next time I go home to Romford, I'm, I'm bloody speaking to James Graham. Yeah. I thought it was Windy Bank all these years. I think it was James Graham. It surprised me. He's a goalkeeper. Yeah. I think he. I, 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 I think you need to interview him. Okay. And find out for sure, but I can't. I, I can't own up to it because I didn't do it. No, I believe you, mate. I believe you. I, it was unfair. So it was like a double whammy. Then you had your bloody new trainers. One of the parents, Fagash, spoiled the 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 suede, and you're accused of drinking all the Fanta. On the other hand, I think I put in some okay performances yeah, uh, right back. I was quite no, not spectacular by any means, but no, I think you, I was quite quite solid. I cut yeah. down the uh, the threat from the from the wingers yep. and dealt with some crosses okay, yep. and um, put in some okay tackles. So well yep. done. Yep, uh, that's my memory as well. I always remember. I always remember we mentioned Neil, um, you know, Sweetie, uh with his dad in the Citroen. I always remember. The parents roaring when we were played. I guess it was Germany or this is in Luxembourg. Maybe it might have been Holland. I can't remember. It was one of the trips. And this we played, we turned up, and for some reason, the team we were playing against was like three years older than us. And like, I remember the parents being really upset. Do you remember that? I think, I think you're referring kids. to Luxembourg. To Luxembourg. Mm. Massive kids. And um, I just remember, I must have been playing left back because. Because Neil was on the left wing, and Neil was built like a tank when he? he was like real solid, you know, a bit overweight maybe. Sorry, Neil, if you're listening. Um, but this kid just sort of bounced off of him, and went flying into this like metal. There was like this metal uh, barrier next to the pitch, and the parents went, "Ray," you know, because this big kid, you know, tried to barge Neil off the ball, and he just went flying. I just, and, and you know, I think from there we all lifted and we probably won. You know, we did. It was like Johnny Wilkinson putting a big hit on the, uh, you know, on the opposite blind blindside flanker, and everybody, right, you know, or Kempy, you know, Kemp, when Kempy used to put those big hits playing rugby, and he would knock someone back and we'd all lift yeah, because he loved you know, doing that he oh loved it. fanning him God, and fanning they fanning. loved they were great tacklers there was nothing yeah. like it was there when somebody when you when your teammate lined up especially if it was a big guy on the opposite side and hammered him backwards the whole team would just lift <laughs> wouldn't they you know it's symbolic i mean yeah. like the, the you're right about the luxembourg football incident um <laughs> i mean sweet was he was a good player he i mean was, he, he was, was he, he goodman, had, he had goodman, yeah, good feet and mm. and um and i i remember another example of of like line lining up two teams mm. and you think well the one team's huge mm. and the other team's tiny yeah i'll put my money on the the mm. bigger team and that happened at Gidea park junior School yeah. as well. I don't know if you remember this, but no. I mean, you would have been playing for sure. We we played football mm. against another school. They were enormous. Hmm. They were what, home or away. Home, huh. home game. They were big, and Gosh. we were all uh, we were nervous because we thought, uh, how, uh, what age are these kids? Because mm. we meant to, we we were you know, ten or eleven years old. Yeah. 
And these kids were much, much bigger. Not just taller, but just physically mm. more developed than us. Yeah. We won 6-0. Really? Yeah. God, there you go. I cannot... I've got Ran no rings around them. Wow. And it was a similar experience huh. to that, that Luxembourg trip as well. Wow. That's interesting. Because I remember um, it's in, uh, a couple of... Just getting to a point. Um, so I went on to play for that Ron for Royals and um, I'm still in contact with, with uh, well, a couple of them, but Neil, um, who used to play for Royals all the way through and, and he travels around the world. You know, his business, he comes to Australia once a year or so. And so I've met up with him, we've gone out for dinner a couple of times. It's great. And um, getting to my point, I, I say to him, oh God, I remember playing against this kid for, you know, it was one because he used to play against like East London sides, and there's always been like this like this West Indian kid basically. Called there was a there was a few massive lads, but there's this one kid called Errol, and he goes, "Oh, I know," and he knew his surname as well because he went because he. Oh, I just remember this kid. He was one. Remember, you look at him and he's and the thighs would be like bigger than your waist and two thighs. It was terrifying because you just bounce off. And he knew this kid, Errol. It wasn't in my imagination. Um, and I think he got picked up and played for a pro team. But then, you know, obviously, I suppose everyone else caught up with him in size and all that. But when you're that age and you're lining up, it must be like, you know, where you are and you've got Pacific Islander kids lining up on the rugby field against, you know, your son. And famously, like Billy, Billy Villapola was about the size he is now when he was 11 or something. <laughs> it's just terrifying, isn't it, when you're that age? I see it now. I see, I see the, same, yeah. the, same, the same thing happening. Yeah. Yeah, the, In the, Brisbane. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and I mean, there's a like. lot of Islander yeah. um, kids uh, who live in that area. And, um, and yeah, they are, they're just a lot more developed, just developed early, um, right? uh, an, an early age um, but that's not to say that their their ability you know matches their no in, in, not in every case so um, so yeah so it shouldn't you know it, it didn't it sort of damaged our confidence when we were yeah. you know, younger boys playing the football um, but as soon as we got going then our mm. ability yeah, didn't it, it sort of negated that physical yeah. uh, difference? There's a lot. I think you, in those instances, you draw strength from your mates, don't you? you know, it's, it's very important to uh, have that band of brothers thing. And I think we had it for a while there with when playing football, and, and definitely for Coopers as well. I think so. Just to fill in the gaps, I'm sure everyone's loving this. Uh, we're um, so when I joined Coopers at 16, I immediately. St- Started playing, if you can call it that, I started playing rugby mainly because I could run fast, but I uh, had no idea about the game. But I joined a team that was bloody good, right? I mean, a couple yeah. of England players, a um, couple of probably should have played for England, but didn't. Yeah, Gav should have played for England. Um, Neil Back famously yeah, kicked him out. He, um, I don't know how he was overlooked. It was a shame that, but he was a good player. Um, I mean... We, we we had a good side yeah. and you you're right you were the fast guy like get this he's really fast they used to say get him on the wing um and then after the first game it's like yeah we'll we'll work on the catching next <laughs> because <laughs> you could run fast yeah. but it's no good unless you've yeah. got the ball I, I, and um yeah, yeah, yeah. we we had to work right, on I, some aspects okay. of your game but you, there's one you, you particular pick... incident you're talking about it's not fair to say that all my catching and fanning striped me up on that one as well <laughs> he passed behind me right no one would have held on to that unless they'd velcro on their hands and and then i got the bloody 
Butterfingers Award at the end of the season. Oh, the one, this one drop. And we were winning by about five tries to nil as well. God damn it. I still see, I still shudder when I think about it because I can still, I, I can see it. I'm running. I'm on Fanning's right shoulder. Yeah. And he could have scored. He was he, yeah. he was one on one. There was or the guy yeah. was one on two. Fanning probably could have sidestepped him and scored. He goes, no, I'll give Mobs. He's probably scored three tries already. I'll give Mobs a a glory try. And, I, and it's in slow motion. You know, it's like <laughs> behind me. No. <laughs> and all the all the men in the first team were watching the game. I don't know if you remember that as well. Oh, so embarrassing. The old boys were there. So yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't let you forget that. Oh. Terrible, but um, still gives me nightmares that. But no, it was it was um an amazing team, right? That was a really really good rugby team, and and that's and that's that's where you bond when in when you're in a team, yeah. And you have yeah, everyone has their role to play, and yeah. Um, and we had to fight for each other and yeah. hurt ourselves quite literally. Some people, some people <laughs> were you know better at doing that than others, yeah. And um. And we had some some great shared experiences. Oh yeah, and, and um, yeah, I'd like that to continue. With, um... Do you miss team sports like that? I mean, you, I mean, we haven't even touched on this, but clearly there's been a, you know, and I put it down to that t- that time in Sydney when when you got into the Warrior at lunchtime thing, and you, you know, fitness and and running and cycling and swimming has become a massive part of your life. But do you miss that team sport thing, that camaraderie, that band of brothers thing? I do miss that a lot. I think that I, I, I didn't know anything about. I didn't get that much from from football, um, but then I couldn't play football oh, when I went to when I went. No, when oh, I, you like, mean like, uh, Cooper's uh, wasn't when a I went school. to high school, so yeah. wasn't wasn't an option. And I really enjoyed that. So was that, not, that brothers was not football aspect that rugby brought to the um, to the environment? Yeah. Um, no, not not until sixteen. Oh. So eleven to sixteen was all rugby, yeah, and then football sixteen mm. to eighteen, so as well as rugby. Because I played for the Coopers football football team as well. It was always yeah. not supported as much. But you, did you play? Because Ben Simister was a great footballer. He played. Yeah, we had some great some great players. Um, I, I I played a couple of times. I wasn't mm. a regular. Mm. Um, I just enjoyed rugby more. Rugby, I enjoyed yeah. the yeah. rugby culture. Yeah. Um, but I don't see my. I, I probably I see myself better as a, an individual yeah. athlete. Just I, I don't know why. I mean, I just I just find it probably. I don't know. Maybe my my personality and is, is just more suited to individual pursuits, like <clears throat> you know, like running and cycling and and, and swimming. I guess it I came. Just, it didn't come early to you, though, did it? I mean, you. I mean. Or, you know, please correct me, but, you know, um, I know, you know, swim, you're always a good swimmer. I know that. But but running wasn't a thing. You know, I don't think you ever came to the track with me, did you? To Haven Athletics Club or anything? So you and I were always competing against each other in the Gidea Park. Oh, in primary school, school yeah. Athletics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you were way faster than me, but I was, I would usually come second yeah, in, right. in the sprints. Yeah. And then you, you know, had great natural ability, and you went off and, and did your yeah, athletics yeah, training. Mm. And, I, and I, I never did that. And it was only in later years that I realised that I had an okay level of of fitness and so, yeah, for longer distances and um, and, I, and I started to do more running, and I found mm. you know running quite easy. 
and um, maybe maybe I could have. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was one of those things I, yeah. I, I could have adopted. Like, Do you not remember? Well, because I didn't really like it. It uh, wasn't. It wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I preferred football and rugby, and I didn't think mm. of taking you know, working hard at uh, athletics. And I was happy with what I was doing, so I wasn't. I don't feel like I, I missed out, but I feel like in later life, I've I really enjoy oh, yeah. all the all those types of sports, and um, you know, luckily I've still. Got you know, got some fitness, oh, and, I can, crazy. and I can, yeah. and I can, you know, and I enjoy, you know, hurting, and mm. um, you know, I just do enjoy the, I guess, the feelings of of doing some good, some good exercise, and and I don't know yeah. whether, you know, we were talking earlier about the the bike riding, mm. and um, you know, we went on a big, a big, a big ride. And not me and you, well, it you and I, end. yeah, yeah. And um, but I didn't ever think of buying a buying a bike mm. and going on longer distances back then yeah. because it just wasn't, it just didn't didn't occur to me, right? But then, right. Uh, but then the environment's different where we live yeah. now, and it's and it's suddenly oh, man, something know, that that I can do. You know, as you're so saying that, you're you're spot on, right? Because I was thinking, oh, you know, because we were, well, what did we say we were? 12 when we saw how many kilometers did you say it was um so it was it was 20 uh, 24 24 no t- kilometers it was 38 it was 38 kilometers it was 24 20 25 miles it was 25 miles and it was about 38 each way each and it way. was about 38 Damn. kilometers and we're saying we were mm, 12 we, 13 we were on single gear bikes we rode there and back to visit your grandparents. We were on a. I was on a BMX. Damn. And you were <clears throat> on an an unidentified bike. I think it's it green. Was, and it it was, was. It may or may not have had gears. Single gear, I think. But yeah. Anyway, okay. So what I was going to say was right. So as I was, I was about to say, yeah, but we were we were twelve and therefore too young to be getting into a cycling club. But that's bullshit. There's cycling clubs everywhere for kids, and there probably was. In England, definitely there was. There probably was somewhere around Romford a cycling club. I, I just sort of look back and go, I don't, I don't want to have a pop at my, my, you know, your parents, my parents. I'm sure it was there, but yeah, it's like a bit like music and there being no bands around. I just sort of look back and think, well, why? You know, if what if you if you're in Australia now, you know, as a as a twelve year old. And you were cycling, whatever you said, 70 kilometers off your own back on a single gear bike. Someone would go, oh, you quite like cycling. There's a, there's a club. You can come out and cycle, you know. I don't know if it's a, a time or if it's a place thing. I don't know if now in, in Gidea Park or Romford it's different. I mean, it's hard I doubt to know. it. I, I doubt it's much different. I think yeah, it never occurred to me to, no. to take up cycling more because in England because I didn't I didn't know where yeah. I would cycle to <laughs> um yeah. I mean yeah the roads probably didn't have a cycle lane and they probably yeah. you know, didn't didn't really appeal to a cyclist and I wouldn't have seen any other cyclists mm. out there as well like, like if you go to like, was it, 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 isn't there Lee Valley's got one now but was that a them um well I do, what i do remember about cycling was bmx parks sure yeah so yep, i used true. to i used mm. to ride the 
the BMX over to, um, I think it was in Hornchurch from Gideon Park. He used to ride the bikes, the bike over there and do you do some to the skate park to the skate park mm. um so people were still had their skateboards but they mostly had bmx's yeah. using the skate park it was at by that the, point in time i think was was it, it by the aerodrome plate the, the, where we learned to drive wasn't yeah. there a, there was a big bike is, is a that, skate park there yeah where is is that hornchurch or yeah. is that uh, Elm park or god I, damn. I can't remember anyway yeah, that, that that part of the world mm. um yeah, there, there was okay. So BMX, obviously, with that, I stand correct. That was huge. That became that was like it went skateboards, and then in double quick time, it became BMX. Um, but the first the first velodrome I ever saw going back to Bournemouth was that was when I came to visit you that time. There was a park close to where you lived, and there was a huge velodrome because me and you took a rugby ball over there, and we spent an hour just booting the rugby ball up in the air and catching it. And yeah. I, I think it was in the middle of the velodrome, from memory. Does that sound right? So I think that was in um, that was might have been on the way to to Paul right Paul yeah that might have I think been you drove along. yeah you drove us yeah that wasn't too far right. away but it, it's not a culture of cycling I mean if you go no. to like if you know, if you go to France then cars or trucks will just give you such a wide berth oh, as right. a cyclist because they're just educated to do that. Um, but I don't remember seeing any cyclists around, like, growing up. What was the like, culture not, where we grew up? Well, I don't think it was one where you would go out and, you know, use the, use the outside, outdoor environment mm. for, for sport. I mean, maybe it was just because it was just dense living yeah. suburbia, suburban, yeah. now, there wasn't much, you know, there was a bit of green space, but I can't, I don't think the environment was set up to do that much other than football. Yeah. Well, yeah, football and maybe rugby. Tennis, to a, to tennis in the summer, degree, maybe. There was bit, a few, few little of, dodgy courts. A bit of tennis, but it wasn't like we were, you know, swimming, mm. but it wasn't like we were pushed into that much else no. um Veruca socks and cold showers wasn't it right it sounds like we grew up in some sort of dickensian nightmare well it was actually i i was thinking about this as well like you know it's ironic in many ways obviously where, where we find ourselves i mean can you imagine if we'd have sat down at the age of 14 and say this is what we're going to be but you know i i know you don't agree with me but i always quite liked where we grew up you know i i never really you know what? I still do. I still love the place. You know, which is kind of crazy. Do you do you do you have positive feelings about it when you go back there? Or? I don't. I don't. I don't want to be, um, yeah, misunderstood here because you know, I feel, you know, I get a warm feeling when I go back there because yeah. I do have great memories. Yeah. And the but you, I, you've also got to think about you know, who you are at certain points in time. Yeah. I mean. At that time, when I was a kid growing up there, I was I was I was happy enough. I mean, taking your your t-shirt or your jumper off and putting it down as a goalpost yeah. and kicking the ball around over yeah. the park was yeah. was great. That when riding your bike to the park and 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 playing the football was was yeah. great. And I've got some I've got some very fond memories of that. Yeah. But then, as um, as demands become greater. 
it just didn't have enough supply yeah. Yeah. and um, <laughs> so you gotta you gotta look elsewhere yeah. and i just think that that was that was the problem because there just wasn't enough it was just a bit limited yeah. but um but look i mean i'm i'm going back soon i can't wait i'm mm. really looking forward are you to gonna it. go there as well as france are you um go there as well as france yeah cool. i'm gonna have a little little tour and um <gasps> go to some Ooh. go to some familiar spots and we can we can segue nicely from France into, into French Kiss. We're not. Wow. I'm, I'm not going to snog you. Um, so does this? Does because at some point, God, that, well, you know, this is this has been amazing. Talk about memory lane, right? God Almighty! But but we've got to. I want to. I want to sort of say, okay, there's more to to ring out of your experience in 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 France in the mountains there. But you, at some point, you come back. You go to um, you go to do another year in in Bournemouth do you, to finish off your degree. So I finished it off in ninety three, yeah, ninety four, and well, in I, Bournemouth, yeah. And then is that when you get the place in Wanstead, or do you like do you save some money from your because you're getting paid to work in um, in the in the hotel in France? Well, that that just covered some some spending money costs. Okay, um, and. And when I came back to finish the year at uni and yeah. collect my degree, I then decided that the next the next part of the plan was was travel. Okay, oh, so I had to okay. save, so I had to get a job and save some money. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I went I went into the the, the city just yeah, as a yeah, temporary yeah, yeah, basis yeah. to <clears throat> to just earn some some money to to save up for a flight and go away. And this is now. Your first foray into, as you said, finance is that is that true? Yeah. So it it was. Um, so how does that was, happen? Like you, was, you do a tourism degree, and mm. and yet you find yourself working in finance in the city. Like how does that work? Yeah. Well, I think there, I think there may have been, you know, finan- There were financial elements to the degree content, which yep. were which were appealing. And um, look, it was only meant to be a, a, a like an eight week temporary right. contract. And but, had, but like, sorry, I'm I'm about details. Like, how does it? So presumably, you finish up in Bournemouth. You 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 just got a rental house there, or whatever. You know, you know. So you finish that. Well, you go back to you go back to Romford. You go to parents' house and just yeah. look in the job adverts or something. Or is it a contact that gets you a? So it's a recruitment agent. Uh, yeah. So okay. I registered my my details with them and um, living back in in Essex and. Um, and then I get a call. I go go to, go to so and so for an interview. So did that and and got the job. And um, in the city, you actually got to the city. city yeah. So I was working working in um, just just along from bank. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just at man, man, nearer to Mansion House. Yeah, and um, working for a, a financial institution there. Yeah, just doing some you know back office stuff. And and then one thing led to another there and um that became permanent and then i and then i started <coughs> to look a bit further afield to to find somewhere to live um before i went on on my travels mm. which i always wanted to do and mm. um and walthamstow yep came up get that and that was flat. the that was the place so you get the you get the job at in 94 is that true so it was august um 94 yep i believe 
that was the the job. Now I know that Gav and to keep going back, we're talking about our friends Gavin and Mark, Mark Thompson, Gavin McKenzie, Gavin Top. We're also in the city because I was I was uh, obviously a couple of well, not even a mile down the road at London Hospital at the time. And I remember coming to meet you, uh, you know, in the evening uh, in the city. And you were like, you know, you guys were cashed up. Wearing, well, you and Gav possibly, I don't know, Todd, what was Todd doing? Was he? Was he at the... <laughs> Good question. Was he, was, he at, was, he, was he at LSE then or was he? Uh, yeah, he may have been. Um, well, no, was he at London University? There's something going on at the sort of... Well, look, he wasn't cashed up. I'll tell you that right now. So, yeah, Gav, Gav was. Gav was. Gav was. And Gav was doing going really well. He was large. Yeah, it. he was. He doing, had a BMW. He was really enjoying himself. Yeah, and doing very well for it. So, yeah, well done. Um, but yeah, Tot used to come in. He, I think he used to enjoy the the city experience. I think he may yeah. have still been a. I think he may have still been a a, a student. Yeah. Um, or did he get a job for like that East London University for a, for a while at, at Allgate East? Or so, I seem to remember this going to the student union at Allgate East in the because he was at LS. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But you're there. The, you, so for once, all four of us are kind of t- together because there would then come another sort of at least fifteen years when the four of us never were in the same room at the same time. Um, so that was because then the travel thing started happening, right? So you earn, you earn enough cash to buy your first flat, which is this lovely one bed place in Wanstead. What, how long between buying that and going off, um, around the world? I think you went to, did you go to Thailand first of all? Yeah. So, so what happened was the, 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 the Walthamstow flat was just a rental and then we, then we went traveling yeah. after that and so then when met, I and you've met the, your girlfriend Sorrel yeah, so I met Sorrel uh, I met her at uni and we were we moved in together oh, in Walthamstow right. and we we both decided that we we wanted to go travelling mm-hmm. together so we bought a one way ticket to Goa <laughs> is that what you did oh that's, that's precious that's great and a one way ticket to a Goa a one way ticket to Goa <laughs> and we a book <laughs> It was, it was just, just, I mean, I, I look back on that and I think, okay, like, that's, um, yeah, maybe a bit of risk involved, but it was just, it just, it was just a natural course mm. of action because we, uh, I mean, I hadn't been outside of Europe ever, mm. so this was a big thing, but it, but it was doable. And, um, yeah. so we had, a, just, just had a backpack each and we we're on a, like a, a cheap flight to Goa. And then we arrived in Goa, and I remember just the, uh, looking around the the arrive the airport, thinking, "Okay, right, this is a bit different." Culture and, shock. And then we got to outside, and they're driving the, the all the taxis were these old like ambassador um, cars, yeah. and um, we had our Lonely Planet guidebook, yeah. and then we said where we <laughs> wanted days before to, internet kids said where we wanted to go, and we you know, just sat in this ambassador. <laughs> Thing which is really comfy, but looking out the window and yeah. thinking, right, this is serious now. It's survival, yeah, yeah. and um, and, it, and and presumably in those days, the commercialization. I mean, you had Lonely Planet guides, but the, the this kind of sanitization, this commercialized, you know, backpacker industry hadn't really taken hold. It was still slightly fly by the seat of your pants and uh, 
rough and ready in those days. I, I didn't expect to be speaking about Goa, but now now I've just said those words, I can mm. just remember some incredible parties that I went right, to right, right, and right. the music they were playing. Rave but, type things. But um, Goan Techno Trance, I think it was called. Wow. But they, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, the, the path wasn't as well trodden as it is now. Mm. Um, and it was, um, I mean, it was totally the right thing to do, and mm. those experiences stay with me. You're not um, DJing yet. Well, no. Well, yes, I had been because um, you know one of my great friends who I lived with at uni had he'd he'd bought some some twelve tens. Um, Explain. So the Technics twelve ten, which the the, yeah. the benchmark. At the time of yep. um, of, of turntables for the for, for, for club for, DJs, for DJing, yep, yep, and he'd he'd bought these, and he he started he'd started DJing at home in our lounge. This was ninety um, ninety 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 three. What's his name? Um, Ken Gresson. <laughs> Ken, Top lad was a Welsh, um, where he was Welsh, a Welsh boy. Not still in contact with Ken. Um, no, unfortunately, unfortunately not. But um, yeah, he's a, a, a top guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really good DJ as well. He used to, he um, he taught me, and we basically had the decks set up in our lounge room, yeah. just on a small like, just on a like a, a coffee height coffee table mm -hmm. so i had to kneel down right and um and do it and he was he had a natural gift for it and it wasn't long before he started djing out at clubs uh. and, and bars um in bournemouth so he just taught me what to do and I just, yeah. and um so, so i sort of learned. i sort of picked it up there but i didn't have my own equipment and um but i had that's where i really started to get um yeah even a greater mm. interest in in that sort of dance music it's and um, that flame. and then and then and then there was you know there was there were chances in goa to 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 listen to to other djs at yep. these parties and um so you start to critically listen was, uh, to what they're doing like how they mix things in how they change the mood or is it just enjoying the music no i I'm, I'm i'm watching them because mm. Yeah, I now have a do have an understanding of of how it yeah. of how it works and you know what all of these banks of equipment are doing. Right. You know? And I under uh, and I, and I felt you know a bit bit empowered with that yeah. small bit of knowledge that I had, and um, and that gave me more of an interest yeah. in it. So I was not just listening to the music. I was. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was kind of, you know, I was probably tr trying to predict what was going to come next yeah, and right. what they were going to do. And I was, um, and, and I'm really grateful that I had that sort of ground, early grounding yeah. in 93 yeah. to, to, to learn from somebody in my own house yeah. who had all that equipment. Oh and yeah. Then, yeah. And then that, you know, I think that, that seed had already been planted you know, years, some years before that. Um, with my sort of interest in mm. dance music, but it took a while for it to sort of come out because yeah. um, you know, I didn't really have the right, it wasn't the right time or didn't have the right vehicle. Or, or like the mentor figure wasn't there maybe. Yeah. You know, until Ken came along. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about, you know, almost like you know, I said to you, I think when a song was playing, Carl Mitchell 
lighting the fire with music guitar playing for me you sometimes you need that figure sometimes in your life don't you to just to to explain and, and it's completely the same as playing an instrument i mean and i think nowadays the lines are even more blurred aren't they you know um calvin harrison and the like the super djs and things they're uh what's the name the the the, the um the guy that's uh, producing everybody now started as a DJ. What's, what's his name? Uh, Bronson, you know, um, Samantha Bronson's brother and all that. So, the, the, but the it's easy as a musician, you know, they denigrate DJs bent over their tables and playing with the faders and things. But but it's you're basically playing an instrument. It just happens that the the instrument doesn't have strings or keys. It's faders and levels and and that kind of thing. You still need to understand music, don't you? You know, I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm uh, you know, and and having seen you DJ and have you explained to me how things work, I've got the utmost respect as for for what a good DJ can do. Um, you could. The, just even the set list, you know, every every band in the world knows that there's an art to writing a set list. You know, you start strong, you know, you take it down, it's W shape, you know. Um, it's exactly the same, right? I took a, a lot of um, enjoyment from these, yeah, these these going parties. I, I, can, uh, I can picture the, just the sheer amount of equipment that these people somehow had yeah, right. in this remote, part of goa and and um and they were using dat tapes really that, oh yeah. god dat tapes they were using dat tapes yeah there was a thing for a while and um were they indian or, or western kind of djs well they were western yeah. and they'd they'd come over to goa to to travel just like the rest of us yep. but they were part of a a sort of party yeah um set up and they used to just move their equipment from yeah. one venue to the next I mean it was all a bit secretive where oh. the next party was going to be so I don't think it was like fully endorsed by yeah, the, yeah, the local yeah, yeah. authorities um, but secretive oh you've just this wasn't it but you've got to tell me about we, we, we have to talk about the M25 rave parties but it, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that but so these guys in Goa it was a bit underground uh, presumably there was there was uh, you know it was a slightly DIY exciting you know, it wasn't again this kind of sterilised club environment. It was kind of rough and ready a little bit. Well, it was outdoors. Oh yeah. And it was on a on a on a need to know basis. Oh. And um, so, you know, we we end uh, fortunately speaking <laughs> to the right people, mm. and and um, and we ended up at these at these 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 venues. It's um, you know, like we used to to ride the the motorbike there. Yeah. And we used to just turn up and then Ugh. you'd be, I don't know, I, mean, I, I don't know how we found it. I mean, I really do not. It was yeah. like, go, you know, go two, two miles up the road and then there's like, there's a, a really big tree <laughs> and then just turn, <laughs> right, turn right, right. right at go the tree. Go down the dirt track. And, and then mm. go, go down this little lane and then yeah. you'll see this tiny, tiny house and left the little house. Presumably, the sound gives it away a bit, though. I mean, the, the thumping, the yeah. thumping bass from twenty miles away gives yeah, it away a little bit. That's right. When you got a bit near it, it was, uh, it was easy to, to so find you've got, it. Presumably, you've got no, you've got no shirt on. You've got a girl in a bikini with her arms around your waist, riding a little Indian <laughs> moped. I mean, life doesn't get any better, right? You've, you're, you're twenty. You're in your early twenties. You've, you've been in the sun during the day. You know. Yeah, a couple of beers and God knows what else. We won't, we won't mention that. And 
does life get any better? You know, you've got no responsibilities other than to go and have a nice time at the party and then, you know. And I think in moments like that, you've, you've got to, you've got to live for the moment yeah. and not, and not take any worries with you mm. because you're right. You've got no, no, no dependence and there's just money in your pocket and the, the great outdoors and music and great company. And I think we, yeah. I think we enjoyed it. Do you think looking back, has it been has it been times in your life where you've thought these are the times of my life? Have you been, you know, have you almost in a moment literally looked around and gone, I'll be looking back at this as, as a time in my life? Do you, do you appreciate in the moment when you're having one of those experiences, do you think, the ability to enjoy? Yeah, it's... Um I think it's a skill people should have more of. Mm. I mean, for me personally, definitely. Mm. I mean, I'm 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 smiling, like thinking about yeah, you are all these yeah. these these sort. Of, I mean, the the, the the speaking about Goa, but there's been many other experiences <laughs> that I've you know, fortunately been able to to um, to be part of during other travels, and I can I can I can look back on them and think, um, you know, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have the weight of of worry or concern yeah. <laughs> by any means at that time because yeah. there was just naturally a lot more freedom. Yeah. And um, when it's combined with other things you like doing yeah. and and the music's great, it's yeah. um, there's a whole lot of fun. Great, right? But um, but yeah, like so some people like live to, to probably probably live for the future a bit too mm. much without mm -hmm. being yep. in the moment. Yep. And um, <clears throat> and I think if there's a takeaway, then you know, just just step back a bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well put. Enjoy the now. Talking of which, uh, we nearly we nearly cracked on with song with song five, but uh, that was my fault. I got derailed with God knows what thought. So let, we'll we'll go. Uh, we'll listen. I'm just going to quote you. Uh, so this French Kiss um, by DJ Lil. Is it Lewis or Louis? Lil Louis. Oh, God damn it. Lil Louis. Lil Louis. Is he? This song, re this song released on 12 inch was one of my first memories of dance music that that became a big part of my music tasting years that followed. We've 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 spoken. About it. The song has an almost haunting beat that slows down almost to a complete stop with an overlay of some vocals. Well, moans. <laughs> Is this a all right? Is it, you got anything to add to that? I just want to say yeah. it's like this. This is this is one of the first pieces of vinyl that I bought like right. off of a proper like record label. So yep. I think it's on full frequency records mm. and yeah, there and, and the DJ, and I think it's a New York DJ, um, Lil Louie. And, and it was one of the first records. Yeah. I purchased and, yeah. and I think it was, as a, as it a was, DJ type record, as, as a DJ yep. type yep. record. Um, I'd, I'd heard other you know, dance music. This you know, in late eighties was just, just coming in and mm. yeah, you know, black box and oh, things like that. Right which I, yeah. Which I, mm. yeah, that was another one of those really early ones, but that really, I mean, I heard it so much. I just, I can't listen to it at all now. Yeah. Um, but this is, this was equally uh, early. Right. And I think this one, because it doesn't have much vocal and it's more about the beat mm. that I really, mm -hmm. I was really drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And I think this this really sort of set the foundation. So let's have a listen. Sweet. I wonder if I know. We'll <laughs> 
we we spoke about how much our little we mentioned it. It is. We don't have to talk about much, but you did go to you you did go to um, some of the illegal those those by now legendary M twenty five raves um, in Look, the late eighties. Is that right? I, would, I mean, I didn't go to that many, but I did go to some, and um, it was. <clears throat> I think it was eighty. Let me think. It would have been eighty seven, probably. Yeah. Um, or eighty eight, and. Um, yeah, we would. I mean, it would. The communication was just shared by radio, and we would, we would, we would hear that there was a, a rave, going on somewhere around the M25, and we would um, plan, and then we would jump into, jump. Some someone mm. would be driving. There'd normally be a bit of a convoy, of cars, and we'd um, just be told. You know, where to take the turn off and and we'd end up I remember the f- at, at the venue and I, which would be a, a farmer's field mm-hmm. somewhere and I remember the first I was so excited to go to the first one I I was I just Damn. couldn't wait yeah I couldn't wait for it and um and I remember I was in Paul Reed's oh Mark one escort yeah and he was the driver. There's one we didn't tick off. No, we didn't. I wanted to save that till till this story. Well done. And um, and we drove, we drove to the the place. I think it was up near Cambridge, actually. So wow. it, was, it was a bit so of a bit, bit of a drive. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I was I was I was kind of I didn't really know what to expect. I think some yeah. of the others have been to them before. So this um, is Warren. Warren was an early uh, attendee, wasn't he? He was an, always an early adopter. Mm. Um, whether he was there for this one, I don't know. Um, and we um, we turned up and I thought I'd probably just, I really didn't know what scale it would be. Yeah. And then I turn up and there's security mm. and you have to pass through the security guards and mm. and whatever they did. Um, questions or you know or searching yeah and i'm thinking oh it's quite like quite organized i suppose and then we got into the into the grounds and yeah, it's like a it's like a fun fair right like there are fairground rides oh there were there actually were yeah. fairground rides fairground a proper huh. fairground rides like a big wheel mm. and you know, other rides and then then the then the tent where the DJ oh the tent was where the, the dancing was was, was it? happening yeah okay and um and I was just soaking up all of this this atmosphere mm. and it, everyone was really friendly and and happy mm-hmm. and I, I didn't feel like it was um <laughs> yeah you know, uh, an offensive type of environment at all I, mean, yeah. I, only, I only knew about there were only about ten of us I think who yeah. who I knew. But um, anyone yeah. else? Anyone else? Uh, I know apart from Reedy. Um, Fanning. Oh yeah, he was there, and um, I think I think Masters <coughs> um, was there as well. Um, a few of the other boys from the year, and um, and we stayed. We we the night just went so fast, oh, yeah. and the music was a bit like the the French Kiss that yeah. we just heard, yeah. and, and other. <laughs> Just uh, it was just yeah, instrumentals and beats and yeah. Until the and sun I remember came just up. standing, like, just standing <coughs> by the yeah, just by the speakers and mm. just absorbing as much as the yeah the music could yeah 
could hit me and it yeah. was great really enjoyed the bass i've always been a slave to the bass yeah, i just yeah, loved yeah. it so much and we stayed all night yeah and when suddenly it was light yeah and then we, we jumped in the cars and yeah. we drove home but that was uh and so you're living at home obviously still living at home then so you're at school so russ and carol didn't say bloody hell you've been all night sort of thing it wasn't that kind of a well i mean if it had been my dad in my dad's time he would have just um been tight-lipped about it and not said anything but me being me i yeah. said i told him in advance exactly where i was going sure and what i was doing and when i'd be home uh-huh. why not and they were good with it they were fine <clears throat> so in hindsight was that your this is i like i like this i've only asked this a couple of times right it's kind of a hypothesis, I suppose, as well. My hypothesis is that that most people can identify a um, a time, like a very specific point in their life when they transitioned from you know boy to man. In in terms of, I suppose, being given certain latitude or, or responsibility or being treated slightly differently by parents or adults or something was, you know, being allowed to or allowed, yeah, being saying I'm staying out all night at a rave. And I'll be back at dawn. I mean, clearly, if you were twelve, that wasn't going to fly. Um, if you're thirty, then it's your business. So at some point, that that thing happened. Was that kind of when it happens? Sort of sixth form, kind of. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was I was driving. Yeah, having the drive as well. Yeah. Um, I may not have had my license by that point. I don't think. No, I don't think I did. Mm. Um, but I was still. You know, I was. I was in the sixth form and I was, you know, I had a, a, deg- a greater degree of freedom yeah. than I'd had beforehand. But I think I was also responsible yeah. as well. So yeah. with that, with that responsibility <clears throat> became, you know, um, some acceptance yeah. and, um, and I let them in on it. Like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't being yeah. secretive. I thought, well, this is an experience that I'm going to enjoy. And, uh, I thought I'll, I'll let them know about it as well i didn't see there's any reason to hide anything and they weren't they, they there was no um they, they didn't resist disagreement no resistance. i mean i think i think my dad was like oh yeah go for it and mm. um my mum a bit more circumspect about yeah. just about being out all night yeah, sure. and going to an, an an unknown place i mean i didn't even know where i was going but um, yeah. <laughs> until uh, until we got there so there was a bit um yeah, it was. Um, I don't know what. I never questioned their, their or quizzed their feelings yeah. about it afterwards. You know whether they thought, "Oh, this is a turning point because mm. he's now you know, going to you know, more. You know, he's just got uh, more freedom than he's, grown up. than he's grown up, and we're losing him more. He's he's, mm. now he's living at home. Mm. I'm sure they did. I mean, yeah. I would yeah. think that. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. It didn't come up as a, a sticking <clears throat> point in any way. Yeah, and yeah. um, and and I, I'm pleased about that because I think it could have caused, it could have could have impacted the harmony between us, and mm. then there probably just would have been more. It could have led to defiance, and I think yeah. that would have, then, yeah. then we would have had a problem. No, I think your you know your relationship with your parents has always been like that. You know, it's been a, a very grown up relationship, open line. You know, for all that you said earlier on, the the lines of communication flowing up and down between you guys has always been built on honesty and trust, isn't it? Respect, well, very natural way of doing it. Even like, you know, going to work on the markets early in the morning and all the rest of it, you know, being given that sort of freedom to go and earn a crust. Um, yeah, that, and the other thing, I guess they couldn't have known 
but we know now when you said you know you arrived and there was loads of security and they were searching you and then, then you went in there was like presumably thousands of people half of whom were not to put too fine a point it dodgy people like us you know from from where we grew up and the idea that you would get a group of of, of boys men our age together out at night and then not be a fight you know because good god knows violence was all around us in pubs wasn't it growing up and and outside pubs as well it was even worse i mean romford was just a this kind of you know bear pit and and what it did for better or worse raves were very very peaceful places you know like they there was you know i know that there was you know the, the guys that were running security and running the raves were some very su- suspect characters from the east end and all that but they were very, very loving, friendly places. I think it just, yeah, just brought like-minded people together, and people just um, enjoyed enjoyed the music and and the atmosphere. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I was never drawn to going out in Romford and just doing like a pub crawl mm. um, because it didn't really have the the same. I guess sort of of, of appeal, mm. um, but yeah, I can't, I can't. I'm trying to think if there were a, if there was ever any any trouble. I can't. I can't think no, of any. No, I think it just wasn't wasn't that type of place. No. I mean, even the the places, I, yeah, the parties I went to when I was overseas. I mean, yeah, yeah there are people from you know, loads of countries trying together. I remember these Japanese um, people there at one of them and. They were fully, I think that the girls just had so much like body paint on. Mm. I mean, they had clothes on as well, but mm. they had loads of body paint and, and they were, they were, they were juggling. Like the guys, this guy's an incredible, like mm. juggler. <laughs> it's just weird. And I'll Japanese just, guy. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was their thing. Yeah. And they'd, um, you know, they'd gone beyond like fancy dress. They 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 were just bringing their artistic skills. Yeah, to, expressing themselves right? to a party. And you know, I don't know what their thing was, but they were, they would. That was what they liked to do. And um, mm. yeah. So on in that on in, on that side of things, people were harmonious and mm. polite and civil to yep. each other yep. there yep. was never any hint of discord at all it was the golden age of uh, fire stick twirling as well wasn't it yeah was, uh, i'm trying to sorry was any... in a bit of that wasn't she she was yeah. a, bit a bit of a fire stick twirler or yeah something. yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> but scott yeah, yeah. it's got those connotations yeah but no all right we're, we're yeah we, we, we're on the, we're on the we're on the fringes of talking about um the am- empathogen that was uh, famously introduced to society by Alexander Shulgin, I believe his name was, um, who was a who's a chemist in America, um, who who found a an archaic patent, I believe, from Merck uh, Pharmaceuticals from the early part of the twentieth century, um, and was responsible for the sort of popularization of the empathogen in society. Um, having initially introduced it as a form of, um, as a tool used by psychologists in, in, in marriage counselling, I believe, and then in therapy and counselling. Um, and he wrote a book called Something Another Psychedelics I Have Known or something I've called. Interesting story. Alexandra Shulgin, anyway, if you want to 
he uh, he started off with a sort of he worked for the uh, American government and had this sort of cat one you know access to everything laboratory and then they uh, they shut him down when he became the sort of as they say the godfather of psychedelics and believed that society would benefit from the use of these substances it's, and he yeah lovely lovely sort of guy sort of twinkly father christmas kind of looking guy. all right um so i've with one eye on the clock i want to go to uh, i think we're going to tim deluxe now right it just is won't that do. the next song? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I mean, this sort of marks the the end of the well, not the end, the the another significant milestone in the in the journey of the my love of dance music. Mm. I mean, it was it was um, you know fast forward to Brighton yeah. and um, that period. What yeah, year are we talking about now? Well, we're now in the the um, I think two thousand and one to two thousand uh, and and four. Yep. So you know, I spoke before about the 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 Technics decks that the my, 10, my 12? the the twelve tens twelve tens sorry that my my friend Kenny had um, Welsh Kenny Welsh Kenny had had bought, and I'd always wanted some. But I could never afford it. Uh, the 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 decks and all the the rest of the equipment mm-hmm. and um but I'd, I'd come back from my travels and so you've been to Goa where else had you been Ultra uh, Asia Goa Ultra Asia uh, Australia uh, okay New so Zealand. first time you went to Australia was uh, so that was ninety seven ninety eight oh okay um, when when you came when when we picked you up from the airport yeah that time. so that was, so you picked me up huh. from the airport. And you were already here working um, in in medicine. And I was, I I turned up uh, because this was uh, the Australian leg of my, of my travel. Right. Um, And I said to you, and and, and just before that, I'd I'd been in Hong Kong. I'd been working there. It was a constant theme of, of saving and spending. Yep. And I'd saved up money to get to Goa in the first place. Then I spent it all. And then I went to Hong Kong. I earned more money. Roofing. And then I went to roofing. And then I went to New Zealand. Just just for the record, what's the building that you and Gav helped to put the roof onto? So not only did I help to construct the, the roof of the Hong Kong uh, conference centre, yeah. which, um, which was the building used for the handover yes. ceremony mm-hmm. um, yep. back to China. Um, but, I also, but I also made it into um, Euroweek publication because they did a, a feature on the construction project of that building. Yeah. And I arrived at, at work one morning and um, all my, my male roofing colleagues, most of whom were from Grimsby... <laughs> Um, and they, they said, you've made it into the magazine. I said, what, what do you mean? And they, they showed me, they said, you've made it into the magazine. You know, they did that article, you know, you're the only roofer in this, in the magazine. You've made it on a double page spread. There's a photo of you in the magazine. I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is great. Like I've. I'm published. This is, I'm so happy about <laughs> this. Arrived. And I said, um, well, let, who's got a copy of it? So one of the guys came over and he said, there you are. 
and he opened the Euro Week magazine and then there's a picture of uh, a person holding a big piece of like roofing <laughs> and you can just the see their, their legs right right and right, their right. Boots. <laughs> that you it was you though and it was my they were my legs and my boots i, think I've seen I was that, i was carrying this was big lump of roof and um, oh. like sheet metal and so um, your one time and i was i was so i was behind the roof yeah. and I was, I was walking along along it and nice they, you could just see my legs i thought my legs looked quite Look good because i'd been you know i'd been I think I'd been in Thailand maybe before, and so I had yeah. good tan. Good tan, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> anyway, I thought... Oh. And you weren't shaving in those days, no? No, no. no. That, was, that was, um, yeah, my... Yeah, my... Um, Her suit days. My, my, my thing for the, the, the legacy of cycling hadn't, hadn't really come to the fore at that point, so right. there was still right. had some hair on so them. You had some hair on your legs, so, so your children wouldn't recognise you now if you showed them that photo. Yeah, I think, so. I've, I think I've got a copy of that magazine somewhere, Good. so I'll, I'll dig that out too. Okay. That's the second thing I need to look for. Yeah, I need to look for that as well. All right, so, the, the, so you've got the practitioner's um, constitution and the photo of you holding the roof panel. Good, we're getting somewhere today. All right, so... You do that. I do remember that. Top was in Hong Kong, but he obviously wasn't up to roofing. Is that true? He, he was sort of living in a little bungalow somewhere, smoking bennies. He was um, living on an island, um, right. single-handedly <laughs> propping up Benson Hedge's share price. <laughs> and he was having a great time because you know we, we spoke earlier about his love of um, card games with you know a bit of a bit of a side angle to yeah, them yeah. and um then he started playing this this gambling game oh. in hong kong with with dice um oh. what's the name of it yancy uh, yeah like that something like that yeah um he'd stay up to all hours oh gambling God. on the dice i think he did quite well out of it he told me all about his winnings um that was his <laughs> and yeah, he would. I remember. <laughs> I remember one this. time. I didn't know that at all. because uh, we, we, well, we we were uh, living. Yeah, right. I was I was living with um with Sorrel. We were up yeah. in the new territories. Yeah. We were living quite a way away. And Top was on an island, Lama Island. That's right. To get to him, we had to go into Central, down through Kowloon, over to Central, and then get a ferry to Lama. Yeah. And um, Sit and question: Why why was why so far from each other? Just well. Uh, I mean, I think we made a mistake. We we were just we we just wanted to ha have a bit of a different experience. Yeah. And this brand new like apartment came up, and um, we thought, oh, let, let's let's take it. But yeah, we should have just gone for something a little bit more, a little bit closer to home. I didn't know okay. it's close to the Central Island anyway. Okay. I didn't know anything about Tots where Tot lived um, until a bit later on. Right. Um, so we turned up, we'd arranged to meet Todd and we'd, we were going to hike up this, um, one of the local mountains. Yeah. And we got there and I said, Todd, you look like shit. What's wrong? What's, what, what are you feeling sick? What's, what's wrong? And he said, no, I've, I've, I've been up all night. Um, I've been, I've been playing this, this <laughs> dice game. Oh my God. And he said, I've had a few drinks. I said, but <sighs> mate, we're meant to be hiking up this mountain. Ooh, yeah. And he, he said, oh, I said, it's not going to happen, is it? He said, no, no, <laughs> no it's not. So this is 97. Yeah. Um, so he went <sighs> back to bed and I think I went up with yeah. Sorrel, but, um, Is that Victoria Mountain or was that? No, different mountain. Well, that's the peak. Yeah. You're, you're right there is Victoria, Victoria peak, peak on, on Central Island. Yeah. This is, this is a wonderful the smaller ones um so anyway i arrived 
Oh, I, I, I earned money in Hong Kong. Then I went yeah. to, to New Zealand and spent it all. And then oh, I arrived yeah. in Australia and you, you picked me up. Do you remember in, in what vehicle I picked you up? So you picked me up in, um, in a, an Australian um, Holden Commodore. Yes. With the most beautiful um, mag wheels. But the only problem was... <laughs> this was not the only problem. The car was a little bit unreliable. Oh, my God. And oh, at boy. various points in... So we loaded... You picked me up from the airport. We but loaded... You know, you know why... Well, well, it, potentially I would have bought the same car anyway. But you know that I bought the car on that, like, literally three hours before we collected you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I knew that we had to pick you up. And I knew I had to buy a car. And so I bought the car drive it straight to the airport to pick you up so i was a little bit in the um how do you say it uh at the mercy of the used car salesman in gosford as you i know you love the name of this do you remember the name of the, the car place i th i think to this day you should hold gosford family motors <laughs> to account because of what they sold you it just wasn't roadworthy oh you know what they said and, to me um, and, and it, I, it's not like i don't know cars but they didn't say lovely runner, but they they said this this is the car that we use to get to and from work, so it's reliable. And I just I think I was under time pressure. Yeah, I just finished work. I, I remember thinking those remember those plush kind of velour seats, the red. It was comfortable, and it looked great. It was grey colour, it's like gunmetal grey. Had the big mags, twelve hundred dollars, which in the end wasn't such a steal. Steamed straight down, picked up Gav, drove to the airport and got you. But yeah, Clint wasn't potentially the best purchase I've ever made car-wise. Bless him. Bless Clint. Bless him. So you weren't, but you were on your own when you arrived. You, you weren't with Sorrel. You had a bag of golf clubs. So and, we, um, yeah, I did. Um, so we we went our separate ways in New Zealand. Yeah. And um, and I, I, I needed to... Yeah, I, I, so it's great. So I had the whole of you know the Australian trip to yep. to make of it what I what I wanted to, and um, I remember you very kindly lent me some money because I had about I? I had twenty dollars. Is that I all you had? That's you... all I had. I to your name. That, that is it. Twenty dollars. Wow. Huh. So I think it was August nineteen ninety seven. I had twenty twenty dollars. August ninety seven was it? Because I only just arrived then. You said I'll lend you some money, and you I think you lent me two hundred. Hmm. And Which then a, lot of money then, right? a week later, I got a job in finance, oh. and then I got when I got paid, I paid you back oh. the money. Yeah, and um, you've never liked to be in debt, have you? And then you know things sort of looked up from there, but um, okay. So, but that was Australia, and then I got back from that. So that was the main sort of part of the the last leg of the the entire trip. Yeah. And um, I arrived home, and that's when I bought the Wanstead flat. Oh. It was then I bought Wanstead then in nineteen ninety eight. Is that true? Oh, okay. Ninety eight or ninety nine? Okay. Okay. Ninety nine, I think it was. Yeah. Actually, that makes sense because I remember coming back from Australia that first time, ninety nine, and I remember me and Tot coming to your Wanstead flat and buying a Rosemount bottle of wine. It's an Australian wine. I, mean, I know this one, you know, dreadful stuff, but I bought it anyway and because um, it seemed like, oh, this is going to remind us of Australia. So that fits together now. All right, we've got to get 
this next sign up. And then what we have to do is talk about your beautiful wife a little bit because um, I've run into difficulties there before where um, where we've gone into memory lane so much that the present day situation isn't addressed um, and, and it would probably... Although did she, I'm not sure she spoke that much about you. So maybe you don't have to. Forget everything I just said. But we love George. So, um, all right, so... And I think maybe we'll lead into, like, Brighton would be a good way to do it because that's when you're really DJing and all the rest of it. So I think we've gone around the houses a little bit. Yeah, we have Fire Australia and New Zealand. So the thing about this song is that... Just Won't Do. um, Just Won't Do by Tim Deluxe on the um, Fat Boy Slim um, CD. Yes. Which is a, a... uh, a playlist of all the songs he played when he took over Brighton Beach Amazing. with a free event in, I think it was July 2002. Right. So uh, 2002. I, I ended up moving to Brighton in 2001 because I'd met some old school friends um, or uh. a school, Joanne, um, um, just by chance. And she, she lived in, in London. I met her and she went to... She said, I moved to Brighton, so... And she's with Jollyon, obviously, at this stage. I just said, well, I'll move to Brighton. So Is that what it was? Yeah, because I went down to visit them, oh, and it was... I just... I just loved it. I, I thought, it would, this is great. So I, 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 I ended up moving to Brighton, and um, <sighs> I had everyone come down to my, my flat yeah. um, there for, um, for my birthday. It's my 30th birthday. <laughs> and I said, come down, Fatboy Slim's playing on the beach and um, they're setting up the stage and we'll, you know, we'll be great. It's free and we'll just listen to some great tunes. So George was one of my, um, one of my friends at the time. Mm-hmm. She was uh, going out with um, my close friend. And, um, <laughs> okay. And um, and she was part of a the group of Australian friends and and other English yeah. friends, and it turned out to be the most incredible outdoor event yeah. that I've ever been to because wow. the clouds cleared about midday and the sun came out. Yeah. It was the best summer's day weather wise yeah, 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 yeah. you could possibly imagine for. So, so it was in the, it was in the mid midsummer as well. It was you said it was in midsummer, yeah, July, June, like your birthday, basically my birthday, June, um, and the entire population of uh, South London and wow. the home counties decided to descend on Brighton Beach. Wow! And then there's this this, this photo that yeah. the, the local photographers had taken. Yeah. Uh, of if you can picture Brighton, sort of from about just. Just, just you know, around about West Pier, let's say, mm. all the way to the main pier, a sea of people on the beach. Just, on the beach, just people. The entire God. beach with people. What was going on with the tide? Because the tide would have come in and out, so presumably it got a bit went a bit dicey when the tide came in. At well, some point, well, I think everything just worked out perfectly. So not uh. only did the clouds disappear at midday, but the tide was in our favour as well. Right. The tide just—it seemed to be low tide for the entire time that oh. we were on the beach wow. for the event. And the event didn't start until like seven o'clock or six o'clock at night. So, so it was still daylight when it started. It was it? summertime, yeah. so it was still light you know, until you know, very late on in the evening and the midfield general came on, another DJ, to do his set 
first of all, and yeah. then the fan fest started, and Fat Boy Slim <laughs> came on. And then the, this this song here is just a song I'd 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 I don't think I'd I'd, I'd heard before until I heard it, uh, yeah. Fat Boy Slim, and yeah. it just symbolises the Brighton summer wow. for me, that event and being with all my friends. Beautiful. Well, I mean, and like I said to you up earlier on, I, I, I think you introduced, like this for me makes me think of you because I think you you used to play this in your sets when we used to come and see you play in that down in Brighton. And uh, I think, I, I don't know, in my memory, I was like, wow, what's that song, you know? And uh, so it totally reminds me of you as well. Was was Addo Chops there as well? And Finchie, were they down in, uh, did they do the that um, particular night? Addo may have been. Um, Finch may not may have already gone home. I don't know. Right. I don't think he came to Brighton. But um, right. just just picture two hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> people crazy. going crazy to this song.
that because because you said you said very much that that um, the fat boy slim one, but uh, I just this is just off of a different. You know, it's off the. It won't do EP. It doesn't matter if it's not off the Fat Boy Slim compilation. It's the same kind of mix, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <coughs> yeah, it's um, I've got, I can't remember the one. I I don't have my record, Levine, my copy of it to mm. hand. But there are there are maybe there's a few mixes. Oh, the endless there. remixes, wouldn't it? But um, oh, just, I'm just thinking back to what the what the beach was like when when this <laughs> came on. It was just the first few notes <laughs> came along. And, right, right, And right. It, it was like, yeah. I, it was like it was kind of like people were stunned into silence wow. at first. Because it's then, so perfect, right? And then he was just playing with the mixer and um, just getting people even more excited and it just yeah. erupted. Wow. Did, do you think people knew happening. the song already or, or, or was it like the first time a lot of people had heard it? I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to remember if that was the first time I'd heard it because um, whether I bought it, I think I bought it after. I think that was, yeah. I think, I think that was the first time I'd heard it. And I think that yeah. probably would have been the case for most people, yeah, as well. I always think about the the woman whose voice it is. You know, like I, I mean, maybe she's quite famous. Maybe she's not. I don't know. I suspect she's probably a session singer. You know, good singer. But can you imagine if you're that? Like you mentioned, your your hairy legs on a, on a, in a magazine page. Imagine that lady. She just does a, a gig. She sings that song. Imagine her, two hundred fifty thousand people losing their mind to your voice. What a great thing! I hope she knows. You know, I hope whoever, whoever it is, and we could probably Google it. Whoever sung that, I hope she knows how she affected the lives of people like that. <laughs> and I've just got to say, if anyone's not seen the video, especially any teenage boys <laughs> listen to this, <laughs> it involves a volleyball match, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, cracking song and so mate thanks again for I think introducing me to that with your I remember coming down uh, to see you in Brighton and, and you, you were playing a gig in a pub um, like a club a club night in a pub that I think you did quite regularly yeah in um, yeah yeah I did it was called the um, something in Squid and Starfish or mm something it was in the lanes and yes, um yeah. i'd i'd um secured a a night there which a, a friday a friday yeah, night once it. a month and um um my my dj friend um who's sadly no longer with us dj philly rush he um oh, he um she died. yeah yeah Jesus. He, he unfortunately passed away yeah way too wow. way too young I remember um him. he was uh full of character guy um we we played the night together he was a really good dj yeah um we had similar styles of music complemented each other you were sort of relaying one would play for a bit the other would play for a bit yeah that's right and then we'd go back to get to my place carry on and um play more records i I can't believe my (coughs) neighbors were so so accommodating because i know the the ceilings were pretty thin but Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so there was a night there, and um, that was a regular thing, and and that was I mean Brighton. I don't know how much you, well you know Brighton, but bit, yeah, I only only I knew it from um, going there when I was a lot younger, and I mm. it was just a seaside town to me. Yep. And then I got reintroduced to it, and it, it seemed to have had a, a, a complete mm. change, and um, I was happy to buy into that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was, I mean, the the part I, I just remember the party starting on that train out of um, 
Is it, is it Waterloo? Did you get the train down there? Yeah, you could get it from you could get it from London Bridge and London Victoria. Bridge, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I just remember the train. You know, in my memory, obviously, there's lots of commuters and that, but I just remember this kind of party atmosphere on the train <laughs> on the way down at the start of it. You know, it's like everyone's, even the people that live in Brighton, others going down there. There was just it was like this enormous party bus just heading down. I mean, from what I can, we we were there relatively recently. Uh, you know, Matty H lives in, in Worthing and and it's still beautiful. But I, again, I think it's, yeah, you kind of, it seems to me like you got the best of it, you know. when I think Brighton just became, probably in the wake of what you're talking about, such a known, trendy place and, a, you know, the clubs and bars and all that. It kind of felt like you were there when it was, the way that wave hadn't broken in some way. I don't know. I reckon to, I mean... Two two thousand and one to two thousand and four yeah. were were great years. Yeah. I mean, I think that personally for you, you mean personally for me because of the the company I was keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, Name check a few, please, because they want to. Yeah. So we said Finch, Addo, obviously Barnes, Stenners. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean the the Australian crew. Dan, so yeah, Danny Brandon. Yeah, so all all of them and so George, obviously yeah. part of that. Um, and, and in Brighton, Joanne and Joel. Yes. And yep. of course, if it hadn't been for them, then I, I wouldn't have discovered it. Yeah, I didn't know that part. I knew, obviously, and they were just to fill in the joke, um, Jolian was interviewed in, in season one, um, and, and Joe, who we went to school with, and they were here last night as a, having, having dinner and that. I didn't know that they were responsible, though, for, yeah. for you heading down. Yeah. So good times. So uh, what did you say up till 2004? So 2004, and then that was when, when I went back to, uh, came to Australia. Yeah. And so, what's the decision-making process around that coming back here that time? You're with George by now? Yeah. So I was, it was natural progression. My relationship with George had, mm-hmm. had, had deepened and, and we, were, we were keen to come back. Well, she was keen to come back mm. to Australia, and um, I was equally keen. You were as well. So no, no um, misgivings about leaving the motherland. No, I think, I think, I think you got to. For me, anyway, I think you, there is. I'm, I'm happy to. I'm happy to call it quits when I've had a good mm. time and, and move on, rather than just just hold on to things too long and maybe see the side of something that doesn't hold as, as great a memory for me. And I, with Brighton, I thought I'd done enough. Yeah, I okay. didn't see how I could extract any more out of it. Um, didn't want to be that commuter going up and down on that train to London for your job and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, no, it wasn't set up for that. So that was the, that was the, the beauty and the challenge mm. for doing that type of like you know, work-life thing. So it was time to move on, and with the Australian connection, it was easy to have like another option. Yeah. So, um, so it it was a big thing, but I think I just took it in my stride, and um, you know, I look back now, and you know, the parents you know, had a devastating effect yeah. on them that I was moving so far away, and I don't think yeah. I really realised that at the time. Maybe that was just a selfish thing, um, because I was just focused on my own interests but i think that had yeah. that was a that was a point in time when you know i i, I yeah the yeah the, the airport goodbyes are never oh are never easy but when yeah. it was such a, a, an unknown at that <clears throat> point um, um for me having the wanderlust and for parents yeah, yeah have, being a lot more locally minded 
it was hard for them to know when I was, was I ever come, were they ever yeah. going to see me again? Was I ever going to come and it's back? It's kind of chilling what you said again. It's just right earlier on about that, that story about, you know, just chills about the, you know, your parents looking into your eyes at one month old and, and, and it's like this fulfillment of that knowledge or fears or whatever it is. I mean, it's equally sort of devastating um, to see that come to fruition. I mean, oh man, like I, I don't want to end the interview on a bummer, but you know, it's it's not easy to leave, is it? You know, and it, and and it's the gift that keeps giving, isn't it? You know, it doesn't get any easier as time goes by to uh, have that distance between your parents and yourself. Well, for me, I wasn't going. I, I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, I, I was. I was still. I was still there. I mean, I was coming. I was. I was physically going somewhere, but I was still there and available and mm. and i'll be coming back at certain times and they'd be coming over to see me mm. and we'd still keep in touch it's just that i wouldn't be yeah on the, the same landmass mm. and um yeah so they saw it through their eyes i progressed you know with my own objectives and and that's how i came to australia and and then the citizenship and the, did you think when you the, left the family then it was going to be what it's become you know so we're now goddamn 15 years later and and uh you know now we're, we're both australians and uh so you sort of knew that then at that I stage did. yeah, yeah. I, I was i was that confident mm. in the decision yeah that it, there wasn't anything else that could change that yeah. i didn't see any reason why it wouldn't work out as i thought it would mm. and um because i just had the right the right people around me and we'd, yeah. we'd, we'd both you know, made the right decisions and and um, for me it was it was always going to be a good outcome yeah I mean if you talk about it logically and what this what this country's given you what's what's given us um, you know people obviously very importantly but also just for you especially as well like lifestyle you know as much as um, you can do all these things in England. I know you you particularly you and George particularly love the beach, the exercising outdoor, you know, you really engage with the elements and being and for you being in a warm, sunny environment is 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 very important to you, right? It's uh you're uh, you're not a fan of the of the Cumbrian uh, windswept farmhouse <laughs> like some other people. <laughs> you know. So it, is, it, yeah. it does make sense. It does make sense yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a selfish, you know, a, a selfish need or or what, but I, it was something I had to do, and mm. um, and and I'm and I I'm overall I'm glad I did it, but I think it did it did come with some mm. you know some some stresses for sure, and um, but you know sometimes you got to you got to do that, and that's called progress. That's right, and and I think you're. <laughs> This is where we see, you know, the way that you operate. Probably, I'd say, in your work, in your career, and also just just in the way that you, you know, you are a very organised man, and you can. I'm not saying you're not emotional, but you can, I think, um, control the emotion to do the right thing. If I can put it that way, I hope it doesn't happen to you. But I imagine that if one day, you know, Will and Stella decide they want to go and live in England, I, I suspect that you, as much as you, you might not like it, you'll you'll have the, kind of the same feeling in reverse you'll be out you'll say okay well if it's the right decision for you then then that's that kind of thing how could i say no mm. having done it myself mm. but you know what i would do i would say okay go for it yeah. i'm coming that's with right. you <laughs> well, 
<laughs> or maybe go live in that, go live in the Alps, and at least I'll exactly. only be, uh, you know, a couple of hours away. Exactly. I'm already, I'm already, I'm already thinking about yeah. the response to that situation oh, yeah, when it, really? yeah, 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 it will yeah, happen. Yeah, I yeah, know it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. And I'll be there. I want to be part of it as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to stop having having fun. No. Yeah. So it's that you know, we, you, you mentioned it earlier on. You know about the. I don't. I don't know exactly how close you were but you obviously you and George talk very seriously about that you know going to going to France or whatever and having that hotel or whatever but there's always this spectre of schools and isn't it it's just such a it seems so naff you know in a way and it, and it also you know that by hook or by crook your kids will be all right you know whether they're home tutored or distance you know whatever it is they it works out but it, it it's not like going topless on a bike around Goa anymore is it you know it's not life ain't quite that simple anymore you know and, and neither should it be you know really you, you know uh there's something a little bit sad about 47 year old man trying to go to raves every every weekend in Goa isn't it well I'm sure some people are still doing it but yeah. um and and chapeau to them but um what was that word uh, take my hat off was, was that French or was that French, Indian that's French <laughs> <laughs> you can't resist, can you? All right, okay. Chapeau, uh, is it? Hat. Take, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what? Do you, do you, do you, do you, Glenn's miming a hat cap. now. Yeah. Do, doff in yeah, the... Yeah, doff in the cap. Yeah, chapeau, yeah, chapeau means... Cycling speak. Yeah, like, yeah well done. <laughs> Cycling speak? Yeah. I mean, right. oh, no, I haven't. I need to educate you. Oh, right. boy, this is your interview, so where's, I'll where's, be polite. Yeah. Right, well, but what we we've got our kids on the swings outside. There's food. There's Greek. There's a Greek rotisserie thing happening out there. So we, but we unfortunately have to. Oh God, man, I tell you, this could be. We need part two for you. <laughs> I knew this would happen. Um, okay, so we, we what we will do is just we'll splice in this next song, and it's, and it's called Earthly. Well, we've decided probably Earthly Powers. A man, definitely, a man because, called Adam. Yeah, yeah, because I think I mean the the, the purpose of this song is that. It, it it sort of goes back to the beginning, um, like acid jazz. I yeah. remember, you know, acid, you know, the acid acid house. I mean, late eighties, and that's where the the, the the parties and raves sort of started mm -hmm. you know, sort of before I did it. But that was you know, one part of the acid jazz, and then the yeah. the jazz side of it, the more classical side, is the the live jazz performances. And yeah. I remember, I remember going to. Um, going to Ronnie Scott's jazz club in um, in Soho, and you could you could I'm sure you you, you, you could smoke back then oh, yeah. in the in yeah, the club. So it was a, if you can think of a, yeah, a smoky basement club in yeah, Soho yeah, uh, that yeah. had been going for years and years before yeah. I went there. Yeah. And you know, I take my girlfriend of the time there, and yeah. we're um, we've thinking we're really yeah we, we, we made it now yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. are and we'd, yeah. we'd, we we just had such a great time and yeah. um and just really loved the the live jazz it was a dinner music. club so you yeah you sit there behind those tables you get waitress service they bring food and drinks to the table you got your little lamp haven't you on your table it's very romantic you know low lights did so was there a dj on stage in ronnie scott's or was it live music didn't you? No DJ live. Yeah, it was live music. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. had you know various musicians who would have been performing. Yeah. Um, that night and um and it was just more more upbeat jazz. Mm. So I took that experience and yeah. then 
Uh, I used to sort of go to Camden markets and oh, yeah. um, you know, experience Camden, yeah, experience yeah. you know the wonderful world <coughs> of, of Camden and the secondhand clothes and yeah. just the and the Firkin pubs and was it the, uh, uh, jazz cafe. Was, did you go to the jazz cafe in Camden? Yeah, there was like Dingwall's club yeah, yeah, there yeah, yeah. and like jazz cafe. And, and I remember buying That's a right. tape, and, uh, and the tape was was acid jazz. Mm. And um, and I and I had a tape recorder, the tape player yep. in my in my car, my my British racing green Volkswagen Beetle. Looking and back to the start, I used to play my cassette all the time. Yeah. I'd have. Uh, I used to give a lift to various people. I normally have my wingman, Mr. Thompson, in the in the passenger seat. He'd be, be, he'd be tapping, tapping, with tapping away <laughs> to the to the acid jazz tape, yeah. and and I hope I've still got it somewhere. So that's the third thing I'll keep yeah. an eye out for so when I go searching. So we've got the practitioner's um, uh, what do you call it? Constitution. What's the second thing? The um, I was the. What was the second thing? I was the original. Um, the oh, record the Euro of, uh, week. It was my legs. It was in the publication. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. your legs. I thought, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Roofing. I thought you had to dig up the. And most four things because you had yeah. to dig up the original el- album of it. Just won't do as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know where that one is. And then the acid jazz tape now. The, the four things tape. for the record. So it was. It was like a go-to tape, but yeah. it was. It was a yeah. complete. It was completely fluky the way I just chose yeah, this tape just, just meant for you and it was like yeah. you know, I only picked it up because the, the word seemed okay and I liked the design on the cassette the cover yeah and um, and when I played it I thought this is great so this song is is um, is the result of that it, yeah. this, this song is the memory of that tape yeah and right. um, you know, huh. it's it's um, so we've got a man called a man called Adam Yep. Coming up. Man called Adam, Earthly Powers.
you know, I did know this was going to happen. And, um, you know, Tina and George will celebrate this because um, it's not like we don't bond normally. But um, I have, you said earlier on, I hope you learn a few things about me. And I definitely have. Um, but it's also just a chance to really connect. I think sometimes I, I feel like even with oldest friends like we are, you can you can get together and... You know, for whatever reason, distractions or just the situation, you don't, you know, get that real connection and bond. But, you know, I know I'll come out of this, I hope you do, having spent like four and a half hours really, you know, communicating. And um, I know it's a big effort for you to trawl back into the memory banks and all the rest of it. But um, I hope you've enjoyed this is it. A, I have. This is a this is a this is a treat because you don't normally. Well, I don't normally get time to focus on something like this, um, other than probably just taking myself off for a bike ride. That's right. But um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't just sit at home and have a conversation and no. um, using the the music as our. Uh, as our as our guide for yeah. all of this conversation mm-hmm. has been has yep. been great. I've really enjoyed it. <sighs> Unlocks the door, right? Okay, so we're just gonna we're gonna nip through. You don't have a you don't have a problem. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I've got a few, but it's not about me. Um, I'm glad you picked Lord of the um, Lord of the Rings. I was that was something I did not expect. I don't remember you reading it, and I I don't know. I wouldn't have had you down as a as a as a Tolkien fan necessarily. But, yeah, um, well, uh, it's just a big book, so I'd yeah. have to. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd have plenty of time to to read it. But you're, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've you've <laughs> naturally got. Well, you've got. But, uh, there's a there's a there's a rescue craft on the way. Okay, I've softened over the over okay. the course of this this uh, podcast series. So, but you've probably got a good solid year or two before the the rescue craft reaches you. I used I used to read. A lot more than I do now. Mm. I think if I read emails, then you know, I'm still oh, reading. It's but the um, worst. but it's, the worst. it's it's that's yeah, it's wrong. But that's that's the way it is. I'm afraid. But I read I read Lord of the Rings when I was twenty twenty one well, twenty two twenty, mm-hmm. um, and um, and and I've only read it once. I've seen the movies, but um, so you're at Bournemouth, but right? I was I was I was I was I was in the ski resort. In oh, France, and okay. um, right, somebody right, right. gave me a copy, a really, a really dirty, actually, yeah. paperback copy, which I, st- I, st- I still have. Oh. And um, I've only read the book once, and I mm-hmm. just, and I, I want to read it again because I know that I couldn't have picked up, you know, as much of the stuff as I should have done just mm. with one, with one read. There's so much detail so in there, much. and I tried to read like the earlier Tolkien books, but they, yeah. they didn't quite draw me into it no. as much as Lord obviously the Hobbit was yeah. yeah was it was different that was great as well but no the the one the the earlier books the, in um Semerillion I think you wrote right Semerillion that was a tough one I don't even finished that one no. um but uh, the Lord of the Rings yeah I think was was definitely my choice how, there. how long did it take you to get through it do you reckon um I took me I finished it by the time I left there so I think it probably took me about four months yep 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 four or five months to get through it and you lost yourself in that, in the Middle Earth world. You really, I mean, you're living in the mountains as well, right? So what a great place to read it. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I didn't think of that. Any... I didn't, I didn't think of that link. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I was at the top of the mountains. I yeah. mean, we were at two thousand three hundred, where the 
where the ski station was. So yeah. It was one of the highest in the Alps, if not the highest. Yeah. So we had a lot of, uh, we were yeah, right at the very top of the valley. Oh. And, um, <coughs> and I, yeah, I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I, I've yeah. got to go to bed, but yeah. I couldn't put the book down. Just one yeah. more chapter or one more page, just one more paragraph. Yeah. And then I'd just be like falling asleep reading it. Yeah. And, um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I just got sucked into it. And I think <coughs> there have been other sort of similar types of books that have really grabbed me like that. Mm. Um, since, I mean, like the Philip Pullman, like the Northern Lights trilogy, mm-hmm. that was another, you know, great um great series of books so i think i quite like that that style escapism a little uh, bit get you out of your head a little bit was that i just been a bit disappointed by some some fiction just mm-hmm. fiction stories and um you know, i don't mind you know bios but um depends isn't yeah. it very very varying in inequality yeah. So but no, I just wouldn't have had you, I don't know, I just wouldn't have had you, well, mm. I mean, Lord of the Rings is kind of almost in a genre of its own, I suppose, like, you know, you know what do you call it, fantasy fiction or whatever, but I don't know, I just thought, well, oh, you know, because, I suppose because, not not that it's just you, but you know, when, you, when you've got this kind of ordered, uh, practical approach, it, it just doesn't, it's not like it doesn't it doesn't my theory doesn't hold together at all but i don't know i just didn't have you in the world of frodo and baggins and <laughs> you know wizards and orcs and yeah you know elves and things but i, I guess there it's just go. a great book you know it's uh learned something yeah. yeah and you and you still mean to go back to it maybe and read it i again. will do yeah. i'll probably buy treat myself to a, a really decent copy yeah and um and read it again. Just savour it. Yeah. Nice. Um, now, the, the choice of film, yeah, it just made me giggle. <laughs> now, we saw this together, didn't we, at the cinema in uh, Gosford. Um, when it came out, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Well, hopefully anyone that's listened to this, well, maybe they know, maybe they don't, but, you know, I mean, that we understand that, right? It was, I know it was popular everywhere, but, I mean, it was filmed down the road, right, from where we grew up. It was. Oh, I could just relate to it. I yeah, mean, it yeah. was. Um, and this was quite hard. The book was a bit easier, but I think the film choice, mm. um, there were other contenders that yep, like were, what? were significant. Well, Train Spotting yep, was, yep, um, was one of them. Yep. Um, and um, I just love Tarantino. So yeah. I, I was Pulp Fiction. Was, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> was, uh, was the other one. But I thought yep. just with the, you know, locality and uh and just being able to relate to the not just the environment but the the characters and and everything about the movie i just you know thought it was just um yeah it was the number one and four friends four friends getting into scrapes and uh getting out scrapes i know well it was like of course it was just so relevant in that in that aspect and it was just yeah, it was, it's just, it's, I mean, how many angles are there to the film? Oh, I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's, just, just, it's, just, it's a comedy, yeah. Um, yeah, it's violent. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, I just yeah. want to watch it again. Now, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, about it's it. one of those, yeah. It's yeah. It definitely a movie I could... I could watch several times over. And we saw it, you know, I don't know if you remember exactly, but me, you and Gav went to a daytime screening in Gosford and I, one of us, probably not me, you, one of you two must've gone, oh, there's this film lock stock and it's, you know, about these lads in the East end. But I just remember being completely unprepared for how amazing it was. And, and, 
it was just so strange to go into that world. You know, it was going home basically, right? That, yeah. that, that everything, the, even the colours, you know, the greys, everything yeah. was cloudy and grey and dark, right? It was, <laughs> it wasn't a sunny film. And then coming out into an Australian, uh, you know, shopping centre, that it was, it was almost disorientating. Well, it was the white cloud and the and the drizzle that we yeah, remembered from right. Brick Lane and, right. and the East End um, right. there on the screen. Yeah, and. And I don't know whose idea it was to, to go and see it. I, it was, I mean, it was, I think I probably said it was Gabs. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know. think it wasn't it mine. Was it mine. wasn't mine. Well, it might have, but, yeah. Um, I mean, it was I mean, daytime and it, it was probably that time that you guys came up for that party, you know, the infamous party, the house party we had there in Terrigal, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the, the beer bongs and the, you know, the, when you had your bag, you remember you had your bags taken out of the hallway and we found them down the street. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah. There. yeah. Yeah, great choice. Yeah. Um, did you like uh, Snatch as well? Well, I, I mean, I did. Um, but I think um, uh, if I had a choice out of the two, yeah. Yeah. Um, lock stock would be the one. The original. I know. I just, I just think Vinnie Jones is just, just so funny. Sting as well. Um, I like. I love. Yeah. I love Sting in it. I love. And I think I also. I wanted. It, I, I wanted us to buy a yeah, an LD Stend pub and just have it as as our own. I mean, the ship was great, but yeah. you know, something something a little bit more sort of you know, nearer to London. Yeah. And um, and of course, it had just it had something for for all of us. I mean, top yeah. with the, the cards, the poker, <laughs> and. Yeah, you win some, you lose some yeah. type of thing, and you know, Gav with the, you know, some some fights and <laughs> he's reminding him of his rugby days. It was yeah, yeah. It was all good. And a great soundtrack. All right, okay. Well, look, we, oh, mate, um, I could. There's so much. I'm sort of. I've got this 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 flicker of OCD anxiety that there's so much I wanted. I wanted so much more. I want to ask you, and uh, maybe I'll have to get you back next season as well and keep going. We'll do another season. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. You happy, you happy enough with what we've covered? You feel all right about it? Yeah, I'm really. I, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think we've, so. we've gone around the world. Yeah, we have, and we've sort of come back. We, we, I think we've we, we haven't done it in order. No, but I think we've, we've made some good connections. Jumped around with, uh, with the songs and the experiences. Um, yeah. it's great listening to the songs again. Oh yeah, like, isn't it? Yeah, pick some absolute belters, mate. As I expect, and look, Sean, we haven't even spoken about. It. I wanted to ask you where that came. I can't even remember where it came from. But Sean, my my mate, yeah. I, I love you. I love you, buddy. And thank you for for subjecting yourself to this. It was a significant undertaking on your part as well. Like the emotional energy of preparing it and then going through it. Also, thank you. It's been a really, really. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel privileged actually to uh, to have to sit down with you for four and a half hours. I go through it. Cheers. Thanks, Sean. That was great. Thanks, mate. Thanks. I love you. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>